Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Holy Malinaji, feed the cards, Brooklyn to the world, and we have episode number 101. What do we got, like 101 Dalmatians? What do we got? What do we got over here? 101 uh, episodes? We got episodes. a lot going on today, yeah, it's 101. 101 is right. There'll be a little bonus one, it's like 101 and a half. This one is like a bonus It's like 102. It's like one, is it? It's kind of 102. We, we had one, 101 already? You called oh, it from Vegas. Oh, we had Vegas. the bonus you one last week, in, yeah. Man. You're right, you're right, so 102. All right, it was uh, I felt like I, I wasn't even part of the show. He texts me, he goes, hey, I, I'm sorry I didn't call you to Oops. come on today. I'm like, come on. Come on, my own show? What do you yes. mean? <laughs> you missed oh, your you own show. Right. My Very bad. Good. Very you relate to the ball, Cinderella. Oh. I apologized. We're just trying yeah. to get a quick thing and beat everyone because Paulie talks yeah, to everybody except everybody. us. He's going to be late to his own funeral. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? Especially well, when I don't get invited. <laughs> 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 Fuck. So. All right. Well, you want to fight me? Jesus, take it easy. Relax. I got a lot of aggression, bro. Yeah, I think, a lot, I think a lot of aggression in general yeah. these days. You're no? starting to look like McGregor to me. <laughs> so we're gonna call I'll tell it. You what's, oh, 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 hey, oh, let's get into oh, it first. You oh. said the you said the M word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mutter. So we're gonna get into it a little bit. So tonight is uh, uh today is uh, a little. I guess we're not gonna call this a bonus episode, but we're gonna call this a, the special one, the special episode, like special edition, edition episode, emergency. And, uh, I think I have to. Uh, you know, I wanted to come set the record straight. Uh, obviously, I've been tweeting a little bit. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't. I, I'm getting a lot of slack on Twitter. I don't think people understand that I always communicate on Twitter. Like I think people like like see me this week communicating and responding back and forth and be like, "You're supposed to be better than this. Supposed to be bigger than this." I, I always I've been responding on Twitter since I got. Twitter, you know, like, but I think it shows it goes to show you how many new followers I have on my page, and that, that they're like, not only are they following, me, but now they're like making comments about like you're supposed to be better than this. You're supposed to. Why are you supposed this. to be better? I don't understand. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I have Twitter. I feel like right. using it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe they don't like Trump using his Twitter. Now they don't like me using <laughs> yeah. my Twitter. You know what I mean? Uh, Twitter is for everybody, guys. I mean, you're not. You're not. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you're, there's no exceptions. Like where I shouldn't. Ha- I shouldn't be allowed to tweet, or I shouldn't be allowed to put stuff out there because I have a. a special position in life right. uh, uh, so, uh, quote unquote so special position in life because I, I, I've i never really felt like that you know you're what I'm making saying? boxing great again I'm attempting yeah. it yeah. I'm really att- <laughs> I'm attempting it I think we're doing I think, this whole, I think this whole promotion has made boxing great again no I mean I regardless so. of anything I, I think uh, there's been a lot of great attention on the both the sport of MMA and boxing you know and I've always even casually watched MMA and I've always, obviously always been a big boxing fan you know even though even obviously as a fighter and as somebody who's part of the of the sport but I think this promotion, regardless of the fiasco and some of the circus acts and whatnot, I think people are curious. And people are curious about the fight and whatnot. And honestly, when I got called by um, Team McGregor, I was, like, excited. You know, like, I mean, I know there had been p- talks uh, uh, in the past, you know, where I was kind of downplaying McGregor and whatnot. And you know, I was obviously looking at, at it like I wanted to get the fight. You know, I think there's a lot of situations in life where, you know, people try to get fights and they talk a lot, you know. And, and I... And I've even had situations when I was a championship level fighter where I had guys trying to call me out and talking crap, uh, and the fights never materialized. And if the fights never materialized, you know, I would see them in, in, in at fights or other fights, and we would always be cool because at the end of the day, I think combat sports is a brotherhood. And if you fight, you fight. But if you don't fight, you're always cool with each other because you, you're all part of the same struggle. You know what I'm saying? And, and it is a struggle because most people are not going to make that kind of money, you know? 
Um, and then, of course, I've had situations where I've done the talking myself, you know, where I've tried to get myself back in positions and done some talking about other fighters. But again, it's it's situations where when you see each other, if the fight doesn't materialize, you still see each other. You are cool because you, the only thing that makes you not cool with each other is if you're going to take part in the combat, you know. So when it never happens, you again, you come to understand that we're all part of the same struggle trying to make some money and you're always cool. And, you know, some of the names that come into my mind that I've had words with them, fights never materialized in the media over the years were guys like Demetrius Hopkins when I was 100. 40 pound champion or at 147 pounds when I was contending there it was Devin Alexander Robert Guerrero I had you know words in the media with those guys come off the top of my head I'm sure there's been others but you know I've had words in the media with those guys and when I saw them in public and to this day when I see them in public we're always cool regardless because the fights never materialized and you know again you realize you're always part of that struggle and just trying it was just about trying to make money and trying to make business out of it you know if you fight don't get me wrong there's animosity you're gonna fight you know the animosity starts to build within and you're gonna fight but if you don't fight it's kind of like water under the bridge, you know. You understand the you, you understand the struggle, and you go and you go on with it. You wear a shirt that said "Devin is my bitch," <laughs> <laughs> and, De- and Devin like laughed about it. Yeah. He's like, "All right." And to this day, you know, me and Devin, it never each happened. Other, we're cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because the fight never happened, and that was His it. His trainer, uh, Kevin Cunningham, yeah. <laughs> he loved it. Yeah. You know, it's all part of promotion and marketing at that point. You you realize you're not really taking anything personally. Right. Um, you take it personally if you're going to fight. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you, you look for reasons to build animosity when you're going to fight somebody. Um, if you're not going to fight somebody, you're kind of just like, eh, whatever. You know, uh, you, gotta, you got your own life. You got your own business to attend to. And um, you don't really look at it like that, you know? You got to be a real dickhead to really prove it, uh, to really go that direction and constantly have, constantly have a, a grudge towards people. Especially for a reason like this. Why do I bring this up? Because when I got called by Team McGregor, I was excited. You know, I thought like, hey, man, you know, I get a chance to be a part of uh, of this promotion in a different light. You know, uh, part of this event in a different light than than I anticipated. I was excited about being able to call the fight and broadcast the fight, but I thought like, you know, this is kind of weird because I'm a retired fighter, and um, usually that's not what that's not the kind of guy that gets called into training camp as a retired fighter. You know, so. When all the voices started coming up on my social media and everything, and just people in general saying, oh, that's a, such a smart move by McGregor. He's probably going to use bring Malinaji in more for his brain trust because, you know, uh, Connor's team isn't, aren't boxing people, but they've been knowledgeable enough to get him this far. But maybe they realize they need a boxing brain in camp. And they'll use Paulie for sparring, but they'll probably use him more for his brain. I thought, hey, you know, maybe that's a possibility. You know, they called me. They were very friendly. You know, uh, Jerry Byrne called me. He's a, he's a, he's the brother of, of a good friend of mine named Dean Byrne. I don't know Jerry from a hole in the wall, but I know Dean very well, and Dean's my buddy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I, they called me, and, and a fr- on, Jerry called me on some friendly terms, and, you know, we worked out a deal. I, I, didn't, I didn't even negotiate it. I took their first terms. I took the first terms. And I didn't ask for any special treatment. I wanted to stay with the sparring partners. I wanted to just, I didn't want to be a hassle. I wanted to be part of the team. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a burden uh, or be the story of the camp, you know? So I negotiated nothing. The first thing he offered me, I said, that's fine. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy going, you know? Um, I didn't ask for a hotel. I didn't ask for accommodation. I didn't even ask about the accommodations. I just assumed they would be just moderate things and I would be fine, you know? Um, so I try to make things as easy as possible, just in case there was any tension about that talking stuff and whatnot that I had done in the past, you know? Um, the stuff that had been said in the media and whatnot. Even Connor had said it about me in, a, in an interview in Ireland where he'd said, who, who, the, who the fuck is Paulie Malinaji or who the fuck is that guy? You know, like, I was all, I even laughed about it, you know? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I knew the fight wasn't happening. So it was all, it was fun and games, you know? I reacted a little bit. For me, it's all fun and games until you're actually fighting. If you're not fighting, it remains fun and games. And when you see each other, you're like, ah, oh, that was funny. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's always been with me and other fighters, you know? And 
back and forth. You guys that have done it to me and got things I've done it to other fighters. Again, because you know you're all part of that same struggle and nobody's better than each other. Nobody's better than one another. You should never feel like that about your, your brothers in combat, I feel. So, why do I say this? Jerry, I, I take the deal from Jerry Byrne. Um, I, I, accept, I accept the terms. Uh, I don't negotiate them. I did think that it was weird a fighter who's retired being called into camp. But again, as I said, I heard all the grumblings on social media and just people in general. Oh, that's smart. They want to use you for your brain. I thought, hey, maybe that's a possibility, you know? I'm not going to overstep my boundary, but I said maybe that's a possibility, you know? What do you got? Your, uh, your, uh, what, do you got? what do you got going uh, on, Dippy? Uh, no. <laughs> no, continue, continue. We're just here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, a little so, pick-me-up. So I, um, <laughs> so I, um, so I uh, um, took the terms, and, and like I said, on social media, they were saying, oh, that's really smart of them to use you for your brain. So I, I really thought, like, hey, maybe that's what they're doing because they don't want to hire a boxing trainer. I would never overstep my boundary and try to become a trainer in the camp. I would never disrespect somebody like that or his team like that. Um, so I, uh, I figured that was part of the thing because, like I said, usually you, as sparring partners, you hire either journeyman type of guys or young prospects. You know, like, I, That's usually what it is in, in camp. It's been, the camp, been that in my experience. And then it's uh, when I was a championship level fighter, and it's been that when I was younger, uh, when Gleason's gym had all these champions working out there, and I would be brought in for sparring as well. I never had to travel because it, the, the, all the champions used to train by me. But I would spar all these guys, and I was one of the young prospects they would spar. You know, So it was par for the course. So this was not par for the course. So I was thinking, okay, maybe these people are right. Maybe everybody's assumption about my brain is right. Either way, I kept it friendly. I thought I, called, I thought it was cool, you know? When I got the call, um, I got the call the week before. The, I got the. I mean, I had so, spoken back and forth, but it was like I, I wasn't sure when I was being brought in. Um, I, I started to actually wonder if I was going to be brought in at all. When I was on the press tour, and I was I, somebody sent me the interview Connor did in Los Angeles. Remember that? When they asked about me, and they said, uh, you know, what do you think of Paulie Malangi? And he said something like, Paulie's going to have to answer what he said or something like that. We're going to have and a knock at the gym. No, no, no. Before he said that, so the, the, reporter, the, the reporter said, he's talking good about you. You know what I'm saying? Because by the time I had accepted it, I said, you know, I was cool with it. I said, hey, man, I look forward to helping this guy, you know? And he said, no, 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 we're going to have a knock at the gym. We're going to. And that was my first set sense of my defenses being a little up. I thought he was just promoting. Right. Don't get me wrong. I didn't take him too serious with that I thought ah, you know he's a really good promoter he kind of knows what's going on but behind closed doors I'm sure we're going to have a knock and then we're going to be cool you know but so I I still didn't take him too seriously but my defenses started going up just a little bit in my brain like hmm that was a little bit weird you know like but at the same time like I said I thought he was just part of the promotion because here's the thing that most of these jerk off people in, 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 <laughs> in regular life and I'm not have to say regular people are jerk off people because I feel like I'm a regular person but most of these groupie people in regular life Always have said so many of this, so much of this when they come up to me. You're gonna see, boy, he's just a jerk off, man. I mean, he's on camera, off camera, he's just an asshole. But Connor, when you see him off camera, when you see him off camera, you're gonna see how cool of a guy he is. As if they met, ever met in right. their life, either right. Floyd or Connor. Like, <laughs> right. as if they have any clue about Floyd or Connor away from the camera. Like, they're just so, I mean, I'm telling you, so many people told me these things in that re in that manner they said it like Floyd you know you can't deal with him he's too cocky I want to put this guy away from the camera you're gonna see how cool he really is so I was just like yeah I'm sure you know I, I'm sure you know I boy mean, Floyd, were they wrong Floyd, Floyd's never been a, 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 an asshole to me at all you know he's always been cool to me respectful to me and all that but you know maybe people have a different agenda but again these certain people that all these people that were saying these things to me were all regular people they, they've never met Floyd in their life they've never met Connor in their life they're never gonna meet either guy in their life so I mean 
strictly just on assumption basis. But again, I was thinking that, you know, I'm sure he's pretty cool um, away from the cameras and whatnot. So I accept the terms, uh, but I accept the terms. And a couple weeks ago, they called me and it was the week before Broner Garcia. It was early in the week. It was early in the week of Broner Garcia. So it was probably like about July 17th, early the week before. The week before, but early that week before, maybe like Monday. They had just got back from the press tour, I believe. So I... um. I got a, a call from Jerry Brennan. They said, hey, hey mate, uh, you know, we, uh, we want you in this week. So I thought to myself, you know, and I had done a little bit of running, you know. I'd even done some light sparring one session with my friend Tommy Raynone, you know, just, uh, you know, just, uh, just to get in decent shape, just to show up. And I didn't want to show up totally out of shape. I mean, I hadn't done anything. I, didn't, hadn't, I hadn't done a thing uh, for months, you know, since the fight. This is my last fight. So I had done, you know, just some basic conditioning work. And uh, he said, hey, uh, I'll, uh, you guys, I want, we want you in this week. And I told him, I mean, you know, I said, by Monday, I have to be back. This was like Monday the week before. So I was like, by Monday, I have to be back in New York. I said, you know, uh, don't you think it's you're only going to use me for a few days and you want me to fly back home and then fly back again? I said, you probably should just use me after Broner Garcia at this point because I'm just going to fly in for a few days and I have to go back to New York. I got to be in New York all week to cover Broner Garcia. And he said, I'll get back to you. And uh, he calls me like literally like less than five minutes later. And he says, no, nah, no, nah, Paul, we want you in. So... Again, as a token of, of my gesture of good faith, again, just like I didn't negotiate it, I told him, okay, I'm going to try to get Showtime to pay for the flights back to New York when I got to leave next Monday, and then get Showtime to pay for the flight back to Vegas. So it doesn't come out of you guys' pocket, you know? So that way, I'm still not making you guys spend any extra money. Because they can't afford it. No, no, not that they can't afford it. I would just, if these <laughs> You're were being all a like, nice guy. These I got were you. all like tokens of good faith, just yep. to like show my, show my, uh, my, the genuineness in, sure. in the, what I was doing. You're a gentleman. Yeah, well, I'm not always a gentleman, but what I'm saying is... You, you are know, until, you get, I, I, I until was, you get disrespected. Yeah. So, so I said, all right, that would be great, mate. That would be cool. So uh, they want me in Wednesday. This was Monday. So they want me in Wednesday. So I, you know, I packed some stuff. I, I like pack because I feel like I, I realize I'm going to come back to come back to New York on Monday. And then I figured when I, during that week in New York, I'll pack a lot. You know, So I just packed uh, some things um, for that week. And a couple of days later, I flew out to Vegas. You know, I flew out to Vegas. They picked me up. And they tell me, uh, we're going to do eight rounds tomorrow night. Uh, sparring's at nine o'clock every night, uh, every two days. So I said, okay. I said, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm like, hmm. I was like, eight, eight, eight. Am I, am I, am I in eight round shape? Like, you know, I again been doing some light conditioning work, but eight rounds is still eight rounds. You know, what's a normal uh, sparring session? Would be how many? When rounds? I first start camp, I I start at six. You know, just to see where I'm at. You know, just to see how I feel with that. You know, and, and then uh, you know, it, it's like light conditioning stuff. I go, I go see where I'm at with six, and then I work my conditioning up from there. Depending also on how I did the six and whatnot. Usually, I do the six pretty tired in my first sparring. You know, but at least I like to get the six out of the way. So you start to sharpen your eyes a little bit. You know, that first sparring, uh, first sparring or two even, are just to get your eyes back used to things flying at you, and just uh, to get your your breathing back normal. You know, things you haven't done in months. You know, you don't. You know, sparring and combat is not something you do in everyday life. Even if you play basketball or jog. You know, we want to get your eyes ready for it, and there's a different kind of conditioning to be in the ring or the cage. I'm sure. So, I uh, I didn't say anything because again, I'm there to work. So I didn't say anything. I didn't say, oh man, eight rounds. I didn't say a thing. The next day, we do. We I go to the gym at nighttime, eight rounds, and um, you know, I do. Uh, I, I go to the gym and I show up for the eight rounds. I warm up. You know, Connor comes in. He gives me, uh, he gets, shakes my hand when he walks in. Hey, how are you doing, Paulie? So Did I, he come I, in like this? I'm thinking, no, no, he didn't come in like that yet. So he comes <laughs> in and he was cool. You know, he was like cool. I'm like, all right, you know, it's, it's whatever. It's cool, you know. But when I had gone to the house, 
that day, the early the night before, the sparring partners told me, listen, a couple of things, heads up. Sometimes they change their sparring times on during the day. You know, it's just the way they run the schedule. You know, they didn't work, they weren't complaining, they were just giving me a heads up. Like sometimes the sparring's at nine, but they might change it to twelve PM, they might change it to three PM, they might change it to five PM. So sparring days especially you gotta kind of be on call all day. So I said, wait a minute. I said what, what? So I, I want to go to the mall to we'll get a pair of sneakers on a, on a sparring day. I, I, can't, I, I can't risk it because they might call to go spar in an hour. And you know, essentially they were like, well, you just got to be ready. So I'm like, that's a jerk off move. I'm like, in, in, my, in my times in camp, we have a schedule for the week. You know what I'm saying? And whether I like it or not, that's my schedule for the week. And sometimes, yeah, some days on sparring, I don't want to spar some days. Some days in sparring, I wish I want to change the time for the week. But I'm... I'm Thinking about the rest of my team and their comfort also. I'm thinking about my sparring partners. I want right, to get the best out of them. I don't want to get the right. worst out of my sparring partners. I want to get the best out of my sparring partners. So I want them to be comfortable even more, not even more so than me, but just as comfortable as me because the better they are, the sharper I'm going to get. Okay? But, I remember me and you arguing at times. Yeah. You're like, hurry up. Let's go. We're going to be late. And I'm yeah. like, it's your camp. And yeah. you're like, well, they're waiting for us. Sparring's yeah. at 12. And I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah. So... So I would um exactly that's how I was how anal I was about things you know but I Pete I, didn't care yeah. well I yeah. had a headgear on I don't give a shit yeah so <laughs> so so what happens I uh so they give me all this heads up so I was like all right whatever I mean I, I didn't like get mad about it but I was like a little ticked off in my mind but it's like whatever you'll get over it it's something stupid you know so the next night they didn't change anything nine o'clock was the sparring you know and Connor comes in and you know he's cool for a second you know, hey what's up you know, he's going to get wrapped up and whatnot I thought hey it's no I'm warming up and whatnot another thing they had told me though that they have a referee every sparring session. And I said, okay, because he wants to use the boxing rules. And I said, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Joe Cortez is a guy who's been a Hall of Fame level referee. He's, he's refereed a lot of big fights. I, I said, I can't Four really knock Floyd I can't, fights. I can't really knock him for bringing in Joe Cortez. I think that's kind of smart, actually, you know? Um, and just so he can referee the, the sparring and then give him the feel of being in the ring and whatnot. They said, he does like, everything like fight night. I said, what do you mean, everything like fight night? I get the. I get the, the um, the referee, I got it. No, no, no. He does everything I find out, like introductions and like stare down. I said, what? I said, what did you say? They said, no, no, he does the whole introduction stare down thing too. I said, I said, what do you mean? Why? Why does he do that? And they're like, well, he wants to use the fight night. I said, I said, pardon my ignorance, guys. There's a stare down in mixed martial arts. It's no different than it is in boxing. I mean, he doesn't have to get used to anything when it comes to the stare down. You, the, the fucking bell can ring, and you can come in and start sparring. I mean, I don't have to do a stare down. And, it was Jimmy and, Lennon Jr. there? I mean, another second, he's going to ask for him, right? So, again, I thought, that's when I started thinking to myself, what a jerk-off egomaniac. First time in my mind, I said, this guy's actually a jerk-off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he had ticked me off a little bit with the, with the random time changes they had told me. But when, he's wanted, when I heard he wanted stare-downs for sparring, I thought, what an egomaniacal jerk-off. You know? <laughs> but again, I didn't get ticked off because I don't care. I'll do it. You know, it's was fine. That, was that just with you or was that with all the sparring everyone, partners? Everyone. Everyone. Oh, okay. That's what he wants. Everyone. Are they introduced as themselves or as no, Floyd? No, you don't uh, have the ring announcer, uh, but he, the referee brings you to the middle. He gives you the instructions. Uh, it's like a fight, and you, you know, obviously you're in each other's face, and then you go. Like I said, I was like, this guy's... Wow, what an ego maniacal jerk off! You know? said, but again, I, 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 I'll do it. I mean, whatever. It's not gonna like make me leave camp or whatever. You should have said, "I must break you." Man. Yeah, so, yeah so, <laughs> that's awkward. I'm gonna bust you up. So, um, so I get there. Uh, like I said, he gives me a pound real quick, and he goes, "I don't think whatever. It's normal, warming up, whatever." He shows up with a headgear, and uh, where's my headgear, Pete? Where's my? Yours, headgear? Right? yeah. 
Shows up with a headgear that. Oh, go ahead, you put your put yours on first. Put them. Put this one on first. Shows up with this head with a headgear like this. It's Exhibit A right there. Exhibit, exhibit A, a Pete. Yeah. And, and that headgear actually has his headgear is actually even more padded than that one. Yeah. And there's unlike that one, his headgear also has padding on the chin. Wow. Because God forbid right. he, he he might feel one of the punches. So yeah, he, see, how <laughs> Pete's, see how Pete's headgear has cheek protection. Connor's cheek protection actually came in even more. Yeah. And his, <laughs> and the uh, and the chin protector and the chin. Connor actually had a chin protector, not just a chin strap. With a tape chin protector. over it. So basically, what you see here, looking at Connor's face inside the headgear, it was like a pad. There was like a, a little dot, like for a target, and everything else is covered. Like you know when you hit the pads of mitts, when it's like you don't want to hit anything but the middle. I mean, I was like. This guy that's scared to get hit. I mean, was he got to like? I understand you don't want to get cut in camp. You don't sure. want to get get hurt in camp. But my whole life, my whole life, I boxed with this headgear, this kind of headgear. Take it off, Pete. That's Exhibit Wait, B it, for the record. Exhibit B. Yes. My whole life, I sparred with this kind of headgear. And yes, you do get a little more lumps on your face and a scratching little? limbs. <laughs> but look how open that headgear is. You gave him a target. Nothing is covered. So. My thing is this so with my, this headgear. I the reason the read there's two reasons I've always sparred with that headgear. Number one, I like to be able to see everything, including from the angles. And yeah, I feel I like and I feel like on. with this headgear like this, the more covered your face is, the less you can see it. Peripheral from per peripheral vision. Peripheral. Especially from the angles, you know, at boxing you like to fight at angles, so your peripheral vision is important. I just never felt comfortable with my peripheral vision with any extra protection on the headgear. I would rather rely on my eyes and get them sharper little by little. Then not rely on my eyes, rely on a headgear where I may not get sharper. Sure, in the beginning of camp, you get hit a little bit more, you're not as sharp, but you know what? At the end of the day, your eyes are working for you, and you're going to get sharper and sharper as you go along. And I honestly, I, I'm not a pro fighter, obviously. So, Everybody knows me. The, the times that I have sparred, the, I, I can't function with this. I so just can't whatever, see But anything. it's all personal it's preference. preference. It's all personal it's preference. preference. Some people live by it, and it's fine. You know what? It, it's fine. What I'm saying, you know, is. He even had the chin protector. Like, <laughs> You've never seen that before. I've never seen that in my life. Wow. Somebody boxing with a chin protector. Is that, like a UFA, is that an chin. MMA thing or no? Do they, that's, they... that's like, I don't, yeah. I'm scared. I don't want to feel the punches. God forbid I get rocked in sparring with 16-ounce gloves. And you're sparring a non-puncher, bro. You know what I mean? But again, whatever. That's, that's like the chef going into the oven. Like. So, <laughs> woo. So, so anyway, again, uh, whatever. I, it's an observation. I don't really make too much fuss about it in my mind in the moment you know i don't care i mean we're gonna spar it's whatever i, I don't think about the fact that my headgear is open and i may get a couple of marks on my face you know i don't care about that because again i'd rather try to give him the best i got and you know make him work it's his fight it's his camp i'm here just just to spar there's no there's nothing and if they want my advice at that time i'm still thinking maybe they want some of my advice i'll give that too you know i'm trying to at this point in my mind I, again i was a couple a little fussy things in my mind but it was i was still part of the team you know we go for the stare down, and he gives you the Conor McGregor stare down, which is like in the middle of the ring. I, I still couldn't get like into it, like like it's a fight. <laughs> like I still couldn't get into it. Like you know, everybody that's seen my whole boxing career knows, like on the stare down, my stare down, um, my stare down uh, was always the same. It was pretty much always Intense. jump up and down and look right at you, and jump up and down in your face. You know, there's so my that's how I show my presence. Jump up and down while the refs give instructions and, and grill you, you know? That was always my thing. Everybody's different. Some guys look down. Some guys don't hop and they look in your face. Whatever. Everybody's different. Mine was always jump up and down for the most part. You hear me? 
Oh, what am I? You want you want me to put these on? Yeah, you look better with those on. Yeah, I, I'm gonna mess up my hair though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> really... Hair does look good today, man. <laughs> yeah, so don't mess up his hair. So, <laughs> so um, I get to the stare down now. I mean, it's the it's that vaunted stare down that I still found weird, and I couldn't really get into it. You know, I, I didn't do my regular stare down. I just kind of like looked. You know, at fifteen thousand like, people cheering or anything yeah, either. Yeah, there's nothing there. And I, but I also didn't like. I also didn't like. Uh, couldn't really get into it. like I had kind of like a smirk on my face like all right dude and he was like giving me this and I'm looking at it like oh. it's not that serious to me like, <laughs> like, like nothing he's gonna say is gonna in intimidate me or do anything is gonna intimidate me like I've, I've I've been in wars in gyms I came up in an era where there was wars in the boxing gym I trained that you know what I mean absolute wars which is gonna take me a, a half second back I a couple weeks later I read an interview with one of the other sparring partners, Tina Bradley, who's a young Irish kid, 20-year-old amateur. And he had said that before, and it came up in my timeline, he had said before Malinaji ever came to camp, Connor had announced to all of us that it was going to be a fight with Malinaji, not a spar. He was ready to make uh, a statement with Malinaji when he came to camp. This was all unbeknownst to me. I found this out later when I read this article. Tierney never told me. Um, I think he meant to like catch me off guard. Here's the thing. I didn't come in great shape yet, that first sparring session, but he never caught me off guard in the, in the regard that every single sparring session I've ever been a part of, when it's with another fighter and not just a beginner, has always been with the intention to hurt somebody. You know what I'm saying? So, so if Connor came in with the intention to hurt somebody, I don't know what kind of bitch-made sparring he's used to doing, but in boxing... It's always that high level. So That's if, called if, I, the norm. if I spar somebody, even if I'm just chilling and I spar somebody and he's trying to knock me out, it doesn't. I don't really take it personally because it's the kind of sparring that I've done, been used to it anyway, and it's kind of expected. And I know I don't take it personally. I just kind of box my way, and that's it. You know, like, you give said, what I can in that moment. You said that on the promotional tour when he said we're gonna have a knock. You're like. Well, I don't expect anything yeah, less. Like, right. That's, that's what's what, going to happen I anyway. I, I just couldn't figure out yeah. what the big deal about it right. was. I, I, I couldn't figure out what the big deal about it was. I couldn't figure out like well, you know, people bringing it up. Like It's always like that. Now, granted, right. don't get me wrong. I wasn't in the best of shape yet. But still, if he was in better shape than me and everything, I was okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Like It's up to me to defend myself and, and figure out how to properly make you work during those bro, rounds you, that I'm in the ring with you. What do you mean what the big deal was? You were in there with the notorious one, bro. He's the hardest puncher ever. <laughs> He's the best fighter ever. Hey, you you they go. All you new listeners, Mr. Peter Cards is the So you weren't nervous is what you're saying? No, I, like I said, I still couldn't really get into it. So the first round starts and whatever, you know, and we do these rounds and Connor's talking a lot. Connor's talking a lot. So I start talking a lot too. Like I said, I hadn't gotten really into the intensity yet. I hadn't really sparred for the four months. I, I, I didn't expect, not that I didn't expect the intensity because again, I always expect that, but I, I didn't like you know I was I it was like a joke to me more more so than anything and he was getting the better of it strictly on the basis he was better conditioned than me it wasn't anything that he was he was better than me I could tell like he was just able to punch more he was able to work more in that first sparring but it wasn't like neat enough to really sustain anything the Connor just didn't have the the. Just a lot of the things that it, it, that that would make him sustain, and I'm not going to get into the ethics and the, and the tactical stuff of it. I, I'm going to wait till fight night for that because I don't, I don't want to give away too much. But it wasn't like, okay, he was better than me and his conditioning was good, so he just beat the shit out of me. It was more so he was able to get off more shots. He was able to, you know, rest less in between um, uh, exchanges so that he could start the ne next one more before me before I was before I was breathed up better. 
And it wasn't an ass beating by any means. I landed some shots. I even talked some of my shit back and whatnot. But I'd say just on the basis of him being busy, I'd, I'd give him the nod by a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'd give him the nod by a little bit. And it was just on the basis of him being more busy. And people are going to say, oh, holy admitted Connor got the better. Nah, it's not really. But because when I got done with the sparring, I felt like this is a guy that once I get in shape, I'm probably going to start handling him. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the feeling I got out of that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't anything like peculiar. You know, he was definitely a little awkward, but it wasn't anything that I stood out to me like, okay, this guy, uh, you know, it's going to be pretty intense the whole camp. It, I, I didn't get that feeling even from him. Um, but I got the feeling that he wanted to be as intense as he could, talking a lot of stuff and all that stuff. So, again, didn't take it personally. After the sparring, he makes his way to me, comes to me to start talking, and he was like, hey, man, you go work. And I'll, you know, I put my arm around him, around his shoulder. I'm like, hey, man, you know, nice work. And then he basically goes into, I'd like for you to stay for the whole camp if it's possible. I appreciate the work. So I'm thinking, hatchet's buried, uh, buried the hatchet. It's cool. It, it definitely was all for show. See, we're all cool. And uh, this camp is going to be, you know, a, a pretty interesting experience for me, you know? And that's it. You know, I, I gave an interview to All Access, and I, uh, I basically, you know, tried to talk to him up, talk him up a little bit. I, and I basically mentioned some of the things that he does, and I mentioned vaguely some of the things that he does, but some of the things I like to see him keep doing and whatnot, you know, like, because, you know, you want to switch around the traps and whatnot, all that stuff. And, and I'm sure everybody saw the All Access episode. And, uh, and that was it. That was pretty much it. Um, the next day, I see the picture of his hands behind my back, and behind his back. You know, when I see that picture. The funny thing about the hands behind his back picture was that I actually started the hands behind the back first in that sparring because we started talking back and forth. So now we're we're just talking back and forth and we're, you know, we're trash talking each other. And and one of the things I used to do when I was young was hands behind the back. I'm sure he did it too. Um, so I, I actually started the hands behind the back, I believe. And then he did it too. And then we did it back and forth to each other. You know, one thing about the hands behind the back thing is you, every fighter knows when to do it you do it when you're out of range obviously you know and that's just times you do it because you don't do that in range or if you do that in range you're really playing with fire we saw Weidman Silvius right Silva yeah exactly <laughs> so so that so I didn't I mean to anybody who's been in the gym that doesn't mean anything but you know most people have shot a basketball in their life most people have thrown a football in their life or kicked a football in their life or whatnot. most people have never been in a fight more than about 15-20 seconds in their life and most people have never even been in that kind of fight so when you see these kind of things, they assume a lot of things that, you know, probably aren't true, you know, or assume a lot of things. One thing, one thing, I, one of the most annoying things in life to me is an opinionated idiot. Basically, like a person that knows nothing but is very opinionated on, on, on something. They get angry like they're smart. Yeah. So like you get a lot of that in combat sports because really combat sports to me are the most difficult to understand because, no, like I said, most people will play some golf in their life. Most people will do everything, but most people will never intensely fight, you know, because there's a mindset and there's a physical presence about that and there's a mindset about that, you know? And uh, so the assumption, all the assumptions, there was a couple of marks on my face, you know, uh, again, not as sharp. One thing I was really wanted to work on after that first sparring, I said, I, I was thinking my counterpunching was a little off, you know, like, and that's something you get with your timing. And I remembered sometimes he would land, sometimes he wouldn't, and he was getting able to get off shots, more shots than I was. And I remember thinking, once my counterpunching comes into play, he's going to think twice about throwing punches, you know, and it's going to make him, you know, a little bit uh, more uncomfortable once that comes into play. Also, in those eight rounds, I felt like by the end of it, he was breathing a little heavy because even if I can't throw punches and whatnot because I'm in certain kind of shape, I can't throw the punches I want to. Obviously, I was throwing punches. I still know how to put you in certain position, give you the illusion that you have to throw punches when, even when you don't have to. I know how to put you in certain positions where it makes you feel like you have to work when you don't have to. I did all those things, you know? I gave him that mental work as well, um, even though, like I said, 
probably got the better of the overall work. But it made him probably work a little more, and I was happy to be able to do that. I felt him breathing heavy. Um, I felt like, okay, you know, I, I made him work like he should, and that's good, you know? But it's also another thing that kept, I kept in mind. This guy falls for all the little tricks, you know? Like, like a, a veteran of the game, when I put you in certain positions, I will make it seem like I will make it seem to you like you should be punching right now. I'm putting you in a position where you're gonna you feel like if I don't punch, I'm gonna get beat up in this moment. It's all an illusion. A lot of times, a lot of times I was tired during that sparring, you know. So, but it forced him to throw. A lot of times I do that to set you off for counters, actually. But I, I didn't, my counters weren't sharp and whatnot. But again, the point of the first sparring was yes, I felt he got the better of it strictly on the fact that he was able to be busier. But I felt like there was so much to work with there, and I felt like. As this game goes on, I'm probably going to start, you know, putting it on him a little bit. But, you know, I'm also going to be able to explain to him these little things that I'm doing and, 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 and so that he can be on the lookout for them. You know what I'm saying? And he can, when they're happening, you know, when I put you here, don't necessarily think it's this or that. It could be this. I'm, I'm not trying to make it look like it's A, but it's actually B. And so on and so forth. There's boxing traps just like I'm sure there's MMA traps, you know. I was looking forward to actually um, dissecting some of these things with him, you know, because I thought we were going to be cool, you know. And that was it. Um, we, I spoke after the after the sparring on the All Access, and it was all good, you know. Um, funny on the first on that particular All Access episode, you see him walking into the gym, and he says, "Man, I'm feeling good tonight, or I'm feeling fresh tonight." That's a dig. He knows I just got off a plane the day before. You know what I'm saying? I just flew across country the day before. You know, so he's to, he he got all properly rested for me. He knows he's gonna spar Malinaji, who in his mind he has a grudge with me. I had no grudge, but in his mind he's created this grudge. So he's trying to pump himself up. That, so him saying that on the All Access episode, man, am I feeling fresh tonight? In his mind, he knows they just took me off the plane the day before. You know, 24 hours before I was flying cross country, you know. But it's all good. It's fine. Like I said, I didn't have the grudge. The grudge just started coming out later, you know. The grudge is all created in his mind. Which is this, oh, this is all funny how this whole promotion has come out. People making like I care about making a name off Conor McGregor. I care less. He involved me and he's continued to involve me. You know what I'm saying? You made but a name you, for yourself by yourself. Huh? So... You've already made a name for yourself on your own merit. Yes, and I don't care. Right. About, I don't care that much about being famous. Honestly, yeah. in my twenties, I, I did. I had a, a hunger to be famous and make a big name. But honestly, at this point in my life, I can pay my bills, and I'm happy with that. I can live really good. I'm happy with that. You know, I have luxury cars. I have homes. Like I, I can take care of my family. I'm good with that. I'm happy. I don't have to be the richest guy in the world or the guy yeah. who makes the most money or whatnot. I'm cool with that. And you got so, Pete, and yeah, you got Peter Cards. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Cards is the right hand man, the sidekick. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I remember I seen that in the All Access episode. And another thing I saw in the All Access episode was the signs of a Two-Face that I would later find out of a Two-Face. You know, like to your face, he's nice. Then behind the scenes of the camera, he's saying... He caught his beating. Yeah, go home. Yeah, he hung tough. Yeah, what did he say? He caught his beating. What did he say? He hung tough, but in the end, he got beat down. He got yeah, beat down. Yeah, he got he, beaten. Yeah, I'll go home or something like that. You know, so it goes to show you how I was. I'm, I'm letting you into my mind from that first sparring session and what I, what I came out thinking of it, and we saw what his mind and what he came out thinking of it. For me, it was no big deal. You know, more people obviously made a big deal of it uh, when they saw pictures, a couple of marks on my face and whatnot. Uh, obviously, Connor made a big deal of it, but in my mind, it was. Just like any other sparring session I've had a million times in my life, it wasn't anything extra special. It wasn't anything extra intense. Yeah, he got the better of it because, you know, he threw more punches. But I didn't feel like, okay, this is going to be a tough camp. Like, I felt like, you know, I'm probably going to start beating the shit out of this guy soon, you know. But we're going to be able to talk things out, and I'm going to be able to explain to him some of these traps or whatnot, you know. And I'm going to be able to, you know, let him know so that he can identify. Because one thing about boxing, 
You have to know traps just so you can use them, but also so you can identify when they're being set for you. You know what I'm saying? Some traps are stupid. Some traps are very, uh, very more com- a lot more complicated. You know, um, I, like I said, one of the things I was I came out of that day looking forward to was discussing the th- these things with him. The next day, like I said, I see the picture of the hands behind the back. I wasn't too thrilled about it because I got a lot of calls about it, and you know, even my manager hit me up and said, "What's this picture?" And uh, I've never been so popular and wanted in the last. Yeah, few and days like of you know, life. people really, <laughs> people really made a bigger deal out of it than it was, and I, I, I and I came out like. I mean, you always know most combat sports fans are morons. You know, like 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 they're great fans, but they don't actually know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Even if you sparred a couple times in your life, it doesn't doesn't mean you know shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much of a different level to the level we're at to, the, to that beginner level. Well, and I, I don't want to I don't want to come off disrespectful like comments sports fans or anybody. Again, they're uneducated. You can't be very they're, they're opinion- a, but yeah. you can't be very opinionated when your when your knowledge of something is so small. It doesn't matter if you watch fights every week. You know what I'm saying? Like there's for me, the way you become a real expert in this is not necessarily that you fall because the whole you have to have done it make you an expert. I, I don't buy into that because if you're in the gym every single day, even if you're not training, if you're part of it every single day, part of that struggle, part of that grind every single day, even if you're not the one training, if you're in the gyms every single day, weeks and months on end, I think you get a pretty good idea and knowledge of what this is. Watching a fight every week or watching fights casually or even attending some fights or even having sparred a couple times in your life even if having I boxed for a year or whatnot, if some, you get the people that tell you that, or I did jujitsu for a year, that, that's that's nothing, guy. That's not gonna get my respect. It's not gonna make me do anything. You know, hang out in the gyms for a long period of time, be a mixed martial arts. Kind of like me, or a boxing gym. Yeah, you hung out for years. Two thousand one, like on, I was in the gym. But, but how much? But how? Yeah, but even before that, you had boxed during oh, your yeah, childhood. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys more, spar? Is that how you guys met? Yeah, yeah we sparred. Yeah. But how yeah. much more did you learn from having been a part of this in my career? I you know learned everything. Like, yeah, you know what I'm that's saying. That's the so, thing. So it's it's a different. It's a it's a different landscape you have. So I, I also I, learned not to talk about sparring. <laughs> yeah, which, which again, in twenty years of my career, how many articles about any sparring sessions that I've had have come out? Zero. I, I think barely any, mm. if any at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always kept sparring, and there's and I've got some wild sparring experiences mm-hmm. in my life. I've, I always stay in the gym for the respect of everyone. I've beat the shit out of some very named fighters that you you'd be surprised. I've you know, I've had experiences where I, maybe I've gotten beat up by fighters that you wouldn't expect me to get beat up by. You know, like, I've got it all there. It's been some in- interesting, intense sparrings. And I, I sometimes discuss these things in, in person to people, you know, that I know and just, like, from memories and whatnot. But I would never really put a lot of these things out there on blast to make anybody look bad. At least not put them in a bad light. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm thankful for all the experiences that I've had in the gym good and bad and whatnot because they made me the fighter I became and they and they allowed me to attain the knowledge that I have as a, as a broadcaster and as a fan in general and just be able to break this stuff down in that way. What do I say this? Because obviously everybody, this guy's obviously the opposite. He talks about sparring and whatnot. But again, the hands behind the back thing, I had to like kind of feel these things. That was weird, you know? Like I, I, I was, it was weird because people were jumping to a lot of conclusions, like more so than I even I anticipated, you know? Um, and uh, like I said, my manager called me from New York and was like, uh, "Yo, what is this guy? What is he doing?" I'm like, uh, "I kind of downplayed it because again, I, I didn't. I, I felt like, all right, you know, it's gonna be all right. You know, like, you know, it's 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 it could you know it could be worse. Like I'm sure he had pictures of me getting hit. I, I assumed. I mean, there were he did land some shots the first day. I mean, again, like I said, nobody actually kicked anybody's ass, but I'd say he got the better of it on the conditioning. Um, but you know, it was like. Yeah, that's, that's, it could be worse. I felt like, I'm, I'm, I, to me, I didn't take it as a big deal. I, but again, 
it gave me a little bit of Montana's goal. My, a little bit of Montana's did go up a little bit again, just like with that interview he did in L.A. about we're going to have a knock. The, Montana's went up just a little more with the fact that he put that picture up. Like but I didn't take it. I wasn't mad about it. You're thinking, like, maybe is this shtick? Is this, like, promotion yeah. or is this real? I'm still trying to figure it out right. at that point. You know what I'm saying? I'm yep. still trying to figure and it just out. And so, just so that everyone is clear... The only people allowed to take any photos yeah. are only Connor's people. Yeah. So Connor, it's not like. <laughs> see, Connor learned from the Chris Van Heeren sparring. And I'm sure people know at this point what the Chris Van Heeren sparring was. So Connor learned from that. And when you walk into the gym, everybody has to drop their phones into a case. And nobody's allowed to walk into, into the gym with a phone or cameras. Connor has two photographers at the gym that work for UFC, I believe. And uh, they're always taking pictures of everything he's doing, his sparrings and whatnot. Nobody else is allowed uh, sparring. No, nobody else is allowed uh, videographers or, or photographers. There are security cameras on the ceilings, though. That's why I, I've said time and again that there is a video of this sparring. Somewhere exists, it exists. I don't know if it's in their best interest to, to come out with the second sparring, but their video exists. And a lot more people... And, 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 and I'm going to get to that when we get to that second sparring. Um... But yes, nobody's allowed. And the Chris Van Heerden sparring, he had his guy recorded, and I guess Van Heerden had a guy recording as well. And he tried. And this is the how you know the little little dirty moves that he does. He, he's done what he did to me. He did this before. Nobody does this as a fighter. Nobody does what this guy does. He's like he's like a he's like a little bratty girl. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like I'm gonna record this and I'm gonna make it look like something so I can I can I can make it look I'm, like I'm cool or whatnot. He did this with Van Heerden, except Van Heerden's guy had the whole sparring on on recording, and. He got put on blast. He ended up with an egg on his face. Like, just don't post it. I don't understand why you have to try to post bullshit. That's not even true. Like, you're not even good. Like, I don't want to. I don't like, want to come off like a dick. But many, many of our camps, <clears throat> you see people. You know, if you're training in a popular we have gym, some sparring with uh, some named champions. Oh, I have. I have a lot videos, of tapes. Like, I have but what I'm like getting at, four like champions, and I'm a prospect. Like, some good ass sparring, man. We have all these films hidden in my house you know what i'm saying like we haven't watched them in years but we have like some fun footage i would never share it publicly i would never put it on youtube i would never do anything well many times not just once or twice a bunch of times i've gone over to people and said hey no filming you know like and it, oh no i just took a picture okay fine no pictures no filming mm -hmm. while the sparring you want to take a picture with paulie before or after it's more than fine mm -hmm. we just don't do that and that's not to say Oh, you know, for this or for that. It's just no one's business, and that's a code. It's a code of the gym. So if you're not going to allow them to take pictures, you can't go start taking pictures. Right. <laughs> you know but, what I mean? But, again, I wasn't worried about it at, at the time because it's his training camp, and he runs it this way, and I'm deciding to be a part of it. I thought, I'm a member of this camp. You know, it's not going to be, like, a, a detriment to me that he's got pictures of He's just promoting himself, you know? I, I don't think he's going to do it as a detriment to me. Like I said, the Van Heerden experience, though, should have been a clue that I, 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 I chose not to, was not to uh, acknowledge. The Van Heerden experience was him trying to record it, then cut it up because he looked like garbage, cut it up in a way where he makes him look good, and post it. Except that he didn't realize that Van Heerden had a guy recording it too. And that's why he learned his lesson. So in this camp, he does all this, but nobody else can go near a camera aside from his two photographers. So it's funny because that was already the clue. And this little, this little girly, um, no offense to females, it's just a, a, an emotional trait. I, I, basically, he's emotional like a girl, you know, like this emotional. You pissed off a girl on Twitter. I remember she came yeah, at you. Yeah, I know, bro. This is she 2000. She choked I, you I, out. I can't <laughs> believe, like, 2017, we got to deal with this bullshit, really. You know what I mean? Like, like, so anyway, but what I'm saying is it's, that, it's that, that emotional trait where, like, 
I'm gonna try to look, look cool, like you know what I'm saying. Like make it, make this gossipy, even though it's not true, because that's what gossip is. A lot of gossip isn't true, you know. I should have, I should have probably kept in mind the Ben Heerden experience more so than I did, you know. But I thought he learned from it. He is more mature now. He's actually got a fight now. And you're part of his camp. I mean, you're right. you're you're part of his camp. You're yeah. there to help. So, but again, whatever the the this, the picture came up, the hands behind the back and whatever. So that comes up on Friday. We sparred Thursday. Like I said, remember Monday, I got to go back to New York uh, for Bruno Garcia, right? Fight week. So Saturday's another sparring day. I was told I'm going to spar Thursday and Saturday because I got to fly out Monday for Bruno Garcia. Saturday comes because if I don't spar Saturday, you're not going to get me for ten more days. I'm, you're going to have to wait a week from Monday, and then I'm going to have to spar the day after. So I'm thinking Saturday you're going to use me. Um, Saturday comes They do one of the old time changes They go from 9pm to 3pm It was fine You know like I said He, he, he did one of the old switcheroos It's fine I, I was just in the house anyway At that point I knew Like to be ready all the time We go to the gym And uh, Paulie's getting skipped today Paulie's <laughs> gonna get skipped Despite the fact that Paulie's leaving Monday for a week I said alright Because Thursday sparring Wasn't bad But again I put him in positions Where he had to work harder Or he felt like he had to work harder Than he did and he did work harder because he fell for those traps. And it was probably better for him. It probably conditioned him better. But because I put you in those positions doesn't always mean you have to throw or fight in those positions. You know what I'm saying? Like there's ways of avoiding having to fight for large chunks of the rounds and still control the rounds. But you have to recognize what I'm doing in order to figure that out. You know what I'm saying? And again, these were things I wanted to share with him later on. But I didn't get mad that I wasn't sparring Saturday. Hey, it's their call. It's whatever. But again, it, I, I put off the check mark in my mind, you know? You went and bought some sneakers. No, I went to the gym. I watched them spar the other guys, you know. Okay. And um, and it was three p.m. sparring anyway, so I had the rest of the day free. And Sunday's a day off, and then Monday we uh, I flew back to New York, you know. No, uh, no, um, no, no harm done, you know. I wasn't. It just I just had the little check mark in my mind, but I, I didn't really dwell on it. You know what I'm saying? Monday I go back. I am away a week. Now, here's where they assume. And what I did. Because they were trying. When I got back, obviously, they had set me up. But what they don't understand is I'm a cold motherfucker when it comes to combat. Okay? I'm the nicest guy. But when it comes to combat, I'm a cold motherfucker. So when I left Monday, I said to myself, these guys are kind of shady. They didn't rub me the right way. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't offended, but... We pulled up to the house when I got there on the Wednesday, and I realized this is much less than moderate accommodation. This is like in the middle of a crack neighborhood. Jesus like Christ. A, a white, trashy, crack house neighborhood. It, the house looked like it had they had just remodeled a little bit of a crack house and like made it look like inhabitable, you know? And uh, Pookie was cleaning up outside. Yeah, no cable in the house. No Jesus. cable in the house, um, which I don't, whatever. I have my phone and, and uh, whatever I had. Um, I go to my room No TV in there Obviously there's no cable Who cares if I have a TV right um, I just well, Looked at it and said Alright I'm just gonna Stay in here I'm just gonna you know, Text people And go on social media And just you know call, Make calls to home or, you know, go on the, I have the internet At least I have I have a unlimited, The unlimited data plane Is always good I'm, I'm sure Boom. they had Wi-Fi But I had unlimited data plane You're, so not, you're not even sure <laughs> If they had Wi-Fi or not Yeah I'm not sure I, need, I have unlimited data So I didn't, yeah. I didn't need the Wi-Fi but If they had or not But yeah, but, the code is pooky. But like, you know, the, like the paint on the wall is like chipped in the house. The doors like are like the the, the wood in the doors is like cracked. Like it's like it was like a real shit house. But again, I'm a team member. I don't complain. 
I came here with the best intentions. Plus, I have my own bedroom. I can just close the door. Bro, I come from nothing. So I just take my mind like, yeah, my life is a lot better now, but there was a time in my life where, I've, I, where I was a beginner and I have to be part of a training camp like this. I would have been happy if they made me sleep outside, you know, just to be. So I just take myself back to, hey, man, it's all in your mind. You know what I'm saying? You, you can deal with this, you know? So, again, but that was one of the things among the pictures. Just little things that had rubbed me the wrong way. But I didn't, again, have, I wasn't offended yet. You know what I'm saying? But it had rubbed me the wrong way. So when I got to New York, flew back on Monday, I made sure I got to train every day for these guys. You know, like I got to come back in better shape. These guys are, are not people I can trust. So I literally ran every day from Tuesday to the next Monday when I, when I flew back, including the Monday morning of my flight. My flight was Monday afternoon. So I conditioned my body better. I set up sparring. I did just five short rounds on the Thursday of that week with Thomas Cornflake Lamana, who's a, a young little contender in the welterweight division. He's 25 and 2. You know, right, you know, he's a young little prospect contender, and he's a little sharp kid, you know. Um, I sparred with him just to get keep my eyes sharp, you know. I just wanted to um, keep my eyes sharp. And Pete was there that, that day, mm -hmm. right? And so we did that work, and I continued to run. Between meetings and whatnot, I did my jogs and, and all that stuff. So I kept my body conditioned and conditioned a little better because I just felt like, okay, they, they threw me in for eight rounds off a flight. You know, just in case they do that to me again, I'll be conditioned this time. You know, little did I know what was what was coming, what 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 I didn't even expect. But again, at this point, nothing is gonna surprise me because they're not gonna catch me off guard. I fly. I I, I fielded all kinds of questions, media, Bruno Garcia week about this picture Connor had posted behind his back. All kinds of questions behind with his hands behind his back, to the point where I'm like, this guy, I have to talk to this guy about not posting pictures because if he doesn't want me to discuss sparring, I already don't discuss sparring naturally, right? It's the way I've always been, but it's very hard not to discuss sparring when you're putting pictures like that of me and then people want me to address them, you know? And I have to try to make you sound good, like you're actually good, but also make myself not, not destroy my own image, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's, a, it's a tough balancing act I have to play. While there's a pummeling social media-wise by yeah. his team. Yeah, well, there's right. a pummeling social media-wise <laughs> by his group. It's not, like, it's, yeah. it's not like you're Joe Schmo who was sparring in the gym. You're yeah. Paulie Malinaggi yeah. and everybody's so going to They take your old comments from back when he yeah. got his license yes. and they're all mixing them all up. Yeah, and I see videos up. made of it and all yeah, that Yeah, yeah, exactly. They took my old comments, but again, yeah. I've explained those comments what sure. they were about. So it's hard to dodge those landmines because fight week of a big fight like Bruno Garcia, everyone and their mothers is there media-wise. So they were all hounding me all week. You know, it was very tough for me. So I told myself when I go back, I got to talk to this guy and be like, you know, chill with the pictures because you're going to put me in a tough position of trying to make you look good. But I've also, I have no problem ever making you look good. But if you, if you put these pictures, I have to try to make you look good while, while not trying to make myself look bad. You know, so I'm, I'm playing a tough uh, I'm, I'm towing a line that's very difficult to tow for for the next month. That's going to be hard to do, you know? So I intended to let him know when I got back. Um, so I work Broner Garcia. I, fly, I, I run every day until even the Monday morning I run, and then I have my bags packed already. I head to the airport, and I fly to Vegas. I fly to Vegas, and I get off the plane. They pick me up, and they told me, you're doing 12 tomorrow. And a, and a light bulb went off my head. It's a 12. So a light bulb went off my head, but I said, man, thank God I jogged every day last week. I would not be able to do 12 if I didn't jog every day last week. I was confident. And even the sparring that I had done during the week, I felt like I got a lot sharper, you know, from the first sparring with Connor 
to the sparring I did Bruno Garcia week with Lamana. I felt like my sharpness was coming together. My eyes were starting to work for me. My counters, more importantly, were starting to fly out. You know, so I was, it's one thing to see them. It's another thing to react to them. So I was pretty confident about, okay, thank God I did the 12th. But, again, the jerk-off check mark went off in my mind because I've been in many part of many camps. A single sparring partner is never expected to do 12 on his own. The fighter in camp is expected to do 12. But you, how he usually does it is he goes around, he puts 4-4-4 four, four, and four, or 3-5-3 three, and three with different sparring partners. You mix it in, and those do two things. That works twofold. It makes the, fi- the fighter getting ready to fight be able to do 12 and works his conditioning. And it gets the best out of each sparring partner because each sparring partner constantly comes in fresh while you are not. So you now have to deal with a fresh guy every few rounds. And you're, you know, sometimes, you know, they really push you to the point of very much discomfort, you know, and, and you get used to that discomfort while also gets you sharper because a sharper guy, a fresh guy is sharper. So that's usually how uh, 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 in camp you go 12. They wanted me to go the full 12. Well, it's not sparring, right, Paulie? It's a fight. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But you're also, it's a fight, I guess. It's always a fight in, in sparring. You know but I mean. it's also yeah. like you want to get the best out of yourself. You want to work. But if you put in a guy who's fresh every three rounds and they're actually good, you know, because I, I always brought in guys that could fight into camp, you know. You're going to start risking getting your ass beat by the time the last guy comes in. You know what I'm saying? And one thing I would notice that, again, this is a guy, nobody likes to get their ass kicked. Don't get me wrong. But we all deal with it in different ways, right? So he wanted me for the full 12. He's thinking, I got this guy off a week off. He had trouble sustaining the eight rounds the first time. I'm going to get this guy for 12. There's no way he's going to be able to sustain the 12 because he's probably thinking he's in better shape because he's been working all week, and he probably thinks I haven't been working out all week. I've been in New York working the fight. So he probably thinks in his mind, this is where I get him. Little did he know he was fucked. So, you know, he's probably thinking in his mind, like him and his scumbag team, they all set this up. They all set this up. And again, in my mind, I had like a smirk subtly because I knew I, I I would be okay. But I'm thinking, wow, what a bunch of pricks. You know what I'm saying? What a bunch of pricks. But I didn't complain. Again, I didn't complain. They called you for this camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I know him so long, and we've been through so many camps. If we had a guy come in late and I wasn't there like everyone else, he would either not use the guy or say, you know what, put him on the end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because you want to get the, the best means, work. Put him on the end means let the fr- what guy be fresh and then yep, make him come you. in the end when I'm already the tired. The last three rounds. Yeah. Yeah. You want the best work for yourself. Who, well, are, you, who are you fooling? Well, yeah. Social yeah. media? Like you're, right? fighting you're getting ready to fight the best. You're fighting a big fight. In this case, you're fighting Floyd Mayweather. But just in general, if, you're fighting, if you have these kind of training camps, you're fighting a very big fight. So you, I feel like you always... On fight night, your opponent is going to be the best he can be. So I feel like you want to get the best you can be out of your sparring partners. The ego boost of of putting sparring partners in a tough position and then beating them up, it, it's only it's going to be an illusion. Because but on fight night, your opponent is going to be in shape. He's going to be um, the best he can be. And you're going to deal with a guy who's got no disadvantages, just like you're going to have no disadvantages. It's mano a mano, and it's, it's, a, it's a fight. So I feel like in camp... I w- if I would put myself at a disadvantage every time, it would allow me to deal with adversity and get used to adversity so that I'm fighting that. If I find myself in the adversity, I can not panic. Or if I don't find adversity, hey, even better. I found, I, you know, I worked hard in camp. So <clears throat> Tuesday comes. They don't switch the time on me. They, they, they kept it at 9 p.m. Tuesday night. I arrived Monday night. And um, I get to the gym, and, I mean, you got a bunch of, like, people there. You know what I'm saying? You've got, like, some celebrity people there. You've got uh, Dana White there. You've got Lorenzo Fertitta, who's, uh, who is... Um, the Fertitta brothers. The Fertitta brothers there were the guys who just sold UFC for $4.4 billion. Um, You have Conor's agent there. There's some people there. And I'm thinking, wow, I thought this guy 
was so anal about keeping everything private in the right. gym. Like he doesn't want anybody in the gym. He doesn't even want you to bring a coach to camp. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. I was like, that's weird. I'm like, and again, the motherfucker in me starts to think more and more. You know what I mean? Like this prick. I was like, he's coming here. Now he got me off a cross-country flight. He thinks I did nothing all week last week. He invited all these people, and he's forcing me to go 12, thinking I'm not going to be able to hang. So if he stops me in the gym, he invited these big wigs to see it. I said, man, this prick. But, on, but subtly underneath that, I said, man, he's got a bad surprise coming tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and now you got me in better shape. You don't have me in fight shape, but you have me in better shape. And... And I'm going to be able to pursue that. So I'm, as I'm warming up, as I'm warming up, I'm actually, like, getting, like, aggravated just thinking about everything. As I'm warming up, I'm aggravated thinking about everything. I'm shadow boxing, you know, trying to get sharp, waiting on him. He comes in. He gives me his usual pound. Then he comes in, you know, like uh, just a regular pound. We start getting ready. He puts on his football helmet of a headgear <laughs> um, all padded up except for like a dot in the middle of his face they were umpire yeah. gear, gear yeah. too they put that on nah, the chest he protector the umpire. he didn't put the umpire gear mm. so you know he gets all his stuff on and I'm you know I'm getting my stuff on and um, I uh, we get in the ring Joe Cortez gives us the instructions again now my my now my spot my stare down was a little more purposeful I didn't do my fight stare down which is jumping up and down but I kind of got in his face and like give him like a smirk but I, I made sure to get real close to his face you know what I mean like give him look like dead in his eye like but with a smirk like you know like the smirk like like I'm not trying to scare you but it's like a cocky smirk like I'm gonna fuck you up tonight bro, and you have no idea <laughs> like you know the I mean? I'm on to you smirk yeah, yeah exactly so like we uh we start the first round and honestly for about five rounds he hung in there you know he hung tall I, I came out with more of a purpose i came out more to you know make a statement you know getting off more shots uh better positioning with my hands and my balance you know i was just sharper in general than the first time because i had been working um you know it was more purposeful um we went back and forth the first five rounds you know he landed a couple of shots too um i was getting the better the more the better of it but probably also the better of the energy you know what i'm saying like i i just i was talking a lot more I was calling him every name in the book. I was telling him to take that stupid look off his face and hit him with a jab on purpose. And I would tell him on purpose. It got to the point where I hit him with so many jabs at a certain point during the sparring. And like later on in the sparring, he started making faces when I take to the state of loop to say that, take that stupid look off his face. <laughs> he thought like it was a face he was making that I was saying, take that stupid look off your face. He that's tried to he wipe stupid, it off. Take, that's why he tried to, he, that's why he tried to make this stupid face like getting back at me. What I was actually referring to was, I don't like his face. So just looking at his face, I'm, I want to punch it in the face. You know what I, mean? I, don't, I don't like any. So get that stupid look on his face. He could be making any look, any, look, any face. I, I wasn't referring to the fact that he was making a certain face. I just want to plant this through yeah. your suck hole. So, so the first five rounds, like I said, he, he hung tough. He did. He hung tough. He landed a couple good shots himself. I mean, you know. he's, he's a great athlete. He's a, he's a, you know, Not only that, right? you know, he's, he's also a guy who's, you know, he's been working out. And, you know, he's, he's making some improvements. And I definitely could see... He's improved from the first sparring to the second one, you know. Okay. But but it wasn't enough this time to get the advantage, you know what I'm saying? Because I was in better shape. And obviously you because, came with because I'm a boxer and I've done this for 20 years of my life, my rate of improvement is going to be multiple times his rate of improvement, sparring to sparring. Because this is something new for him. So he's going to his the increments at which he improves is going to be smaller than the increments at which I improve, which all I, all I have to do is get sharper and get better condition and, and my 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 increment of improvement is multiple times his because the things that I naturally do start to come back better and better and better. So, obviously, he was a little better, 
but so was I. So the first five rounds, I'd say, you know, we kind of went back and forth. It was good work. You know, he landed some, he landed, he landed some good shots too, you know. Um, and then at about round six, I could see his level totally diminish. You know what I'm saying? And I, I start really loading up better shots. Like I start hitting him harder. I start putting more weight on my shots, hitting him harder. I'm going more to the body. And obviously because he's tired and I can see he's tired because he's become more hittable now, um, even some of the awkwardness that he works on and I'm not going to tell you what he works on becomes a little more slow and whatnot and I'm starting to crack him harder and harder and I'm, and I'm more confident in putting more weight behind my shots now because I'm, I'm more confident that I'm going to land when I throw I'm going to the body more um, and I know that you know mixed martial arts yeah you maybe throw a couple of body shots maybe a kick to the body or whatnot but a sustained body attack like it is in boxing you don't see that in mixed martial arts a sustained body attack body shots can knock you out one shot obviously I know because it happened in my last fight but a body shots for the most part even if they don't knock you out just are, are a slow debilitation and it's an agonizing debilitation because you feel the energy come out of you let more and more and more and you have less energy to punch less sting on your punches but they're not enough a lot of times to just put you out of your misery completely and stop you you know what I'm saying so you're gonna have to live with this debilitation and this debilitation causes you more to catch a beating even more up top to the head so every body shot I would sink I would talk about it. I would tell him. I would call him. I would let him know the bitch that he is. I would, tell, I would let him know that, you know, I could see the bitch in his eye. I would let him know that you don't get these in mixed martial arts. You're getting these here. And you're going to start getting used to these here. And more so than anything, the character issue that I'm talking about is this. We are all fighters. Even non-fighters in their head. How many times do you hear a guy saying he could beat this guy up or that guy <laughs> up? You know, everybody's a fighter in their own head. To a certain degree, everybody, almost everybody, even even non-fighters are fighters. But even among fighters, obviously, everyone is strong in round one. Everyone's a fighter in round one. Everyone's high octane in round one. To me, a fighter is really exposed and shown for what he is when he's under duress, when he's tired, when he's under pressure, when he's hurting. The bitch comes out in most human beings in those moments. They don't want to fight anymore. They look, want to look for a place to hide. They want to figure out a way out. For the most part, most human beings don't want to be a part of it when they're exhausted that way and also hurting. Even a lot of fighters get to that point and their character changes. Even some very good fighters. It is a very rare trait to have when you're under that kind of condition and you want to keep fighting to win, to hurt, to do damage back because you're risking more agony because it is agony being in there, just staying in there at that point. Now I say this because Conor McGregor showed this in an ADS fight. He threw everything he had in round one. He was exhausted in round two. He goes to try to take down the, black, the, the jiu-jitsu black belt. <laughs> Why are you going to try to take down the jiu-jitsu black belt when you got exhausted in round one trying to kick his ass and you did kick his ass, but you got exhausted doing it. Now you're looking for a way out because if you're not a, if I'm not a ground fighter, even I know this much. That's the if last I, thing. I, the you last thing do. I want to do, if I'm not a ground fighter, is go to the ground with a black belt in jujitsu. <laughs> that's that's just common sense to me. That's quitting without quitting, and we saw what happened in an ADS fight. The, the, see the 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 issue here is people think oh the. Floyd harps on the, the tapping out. Tapping out for me is not really quitting because anybody would tap out with a, a in an arm bar or, or under a choke. You know, anybody's going to tap out. But when you're looking for it, when you're looking to be put in that position so you can 
be out of your misery so nobody can blame you for the tap out. Put yourself in positions to avoid the tap out. Don't put yourself in positions to wind up in it so you can tap out. And that's what you saw in the Nate Diaz fight. He's exhausted. Now, if he keeps standing up, it's time to get a pummeling. You're going to have to figure out a way to win this fight, but it's going to be very hard, and you're going to get beat up trying. And it's going to be more and more agony. You can choose to keep trying to win the fight, or you can choose to find their way out of it. Trying to take down the black belt in jiu-jitsu when you're not a guy who's really well-rehearsed in ground fighting, it's a good way to find a way out of the fight. And he did. He did. Quickly. Quickly. So I'm thinking these things as I'm landing these body shots. And I'm reminding him that this is boxing now. And he, these shots land in boxing. And the debilitation you feel from these is something different than anything else. So if you're tired and you're taking body shots, it's not going to be very comfortable. So I'm talking to him and I'm bitching at him. And he's talking to back to me at, during, at a certain points in the sparring. But he's talking back now less and less and less. Now he's just trying to make faces at me instead of talking because he's getting tired. You know what I mean? So he can't even keep up the trash talk with me. He's just making faces at me. Um, he still cut, lands a couple of shots here and there. Don't get me wrong. You know, he shows himself. He shows some grit. But I can tell he's fading. And I can tell he's folding more so than anything. And at a certain point in one of the clinches, he pushes me down. Now, for me, I remember thinking in that moment, pushes me away. And I try to keep my footing. Now, when you go down, but you go down, like you try to keep your footing. So you get pushed back and you're like... Like you're just trying to hold, and like you're like trying to, and then you fall. In the moment, I'm just like you you're fall. on roller skates. Yes, yeah, like you know, you know, your feet just go really fast. Like yeah. oh, I'm going down. I try to hold it. Sometimes you catch it. Sometimes you don't, and you just go all the way back. That's kind of the that's the way I went down off that push. So I remember thinking in the moment. I remember thinking, this guy's tired. He's he's, he's looking for a break. You know, like he was looking frustrated. For that, he was looking for that break. He's frustrated. You know, uh, he's looking for that break. Um, I also remember thinking. This is how you know I already my, the subtleness in my mind already knows what a sneaky pricky is. I also remember, and I would never think this in any other slap. I mean, I've slipped in sparring a million times in my life, or been pushed down a million, you know, hundreds of times in sparring. Like I've, I've even done some, you know, guys have gone down without without knockdowns in sparring with me. You know, just guys slip or fall all the time in sparring, and I've never actually thought this in my mind. Another piece of my mind, the subtle part of my mind, which probably realizes this is a scumbag I'm dealing with, thought to myself, I wonder if he would use this for a knockdown. I, it actually went through my mind. It went through my mind. It would never usually go through my mind. But it shows how subtle, the subtle part of my brain already knew what a jerk-off I, I was dealing with. You know? It's like my, the subtle part of my brain was trying to convince the, the frontal part of my brain. Like, Listen, buddy, this is a jerk-off. Like, enough of this already. You know what I'm saying? But I, I still wasn't convinced yet. But the subtle part of my brain already realized it. Because why would else would I get that thought in my head on that push-down? I get up. We keep going. I actually remind him. I was like, well, so you needed a break? And I'm keeping on going at him, you know? After, I think it was after round eight, I go to my corner. This is how you know he's got a bunch of yes men. I don't know, after round seven, I think it was. That's how you know he's got a bunch of yes men around him. This is what I'm saying about that he doesn't want to learn anything. He wants to be just told how great he is. And round seven ends, and he goes, that's seven nothing me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, man, I was like, you must have missed your, I said, you must have missed your math classes, huh? As I'm walking back to my corner. Because at that point, I start wondering, wow, he just got a bunch of yes men. Like, he's not even able to realize something has to change right now. Like, he just, they just, he goes back to his corner every round and they tell him he's doing good or they tell him it's okay or they tell, like, that's like the worst thing you can have. It's, it's such a bad sense of security. But I'm thinking, you know, there's no other way he would be able to say that confidently to me. You know what I'm saying? Unless they're telling him how good he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, 
like, if I go back to my corner and I'm doing, I'm doing good, you know, any trainer I've had is going to let me know. And I'm going to be like, all right, I gotta, something's got to change here. You know, like, in his mind, he was doing totally fine. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> he was shooting a breeze. It was, he was getting shot a breeze. I mean, I mean, he wished he had a breeze because he was throwing less and less punches. I mean, in the very least, even in your, in, in your own denial in your brain, you got to know you're throwing less punches. And more punches are coming back at you than, than you want to experience. You have to at least understand that part of common sense. <laughs> so you're really in denial if you don't expect that, if you don't at least see the, 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 the simple part of that. I think after that round, it was when I started talking to Dana White outside the ring. I started yelling at him. I started yelling towards Dana White, I was, and I was just giving it to him. But I was yelling loud enough to where Connor heard me across the ring. I was yelling at him, and I was saying, 24 hours on a lot of flight. Now I'm kicking the shit out of this guy. I was like, I'm kicking the shit out of your best guy. 24 hours ago, I was on a flight. And then I also gave a little fib. I said, I didn't do anything last week. I, just, <laughs> I, I said, all I did was work last week on TV. I came off a plane 24 hours ago, and I'm kicking the shit out of him. He's got no balls. He's got no character. And Dana is not making any emotional face at me. He's not even acknowledging that I'm talking, but he's looking right at me. He's, so he's basically like, <laughs> but he's not, he's not giving me any reaction. So I don't know how he's taking this, you know? He's not saying anything. He's not doing anything. But he's looking right at me. So he's acknowledging the fact that I'm talking <laughs> to him. You know? And that's it. Then we went back out. You know, 9 and 10 were good rounds for me as well. And then probably 11 was when I started to really, like, die out. And, you know, and this is where you're not in 12-round shape. You're also not, you know, you're also experiencing a little bit of the jet lag, you know, of the cross-country flight, flight the night before. And to Connor's credit, he came on strong at 11 and 12. He, he probably, well, that's what I was going to say to you. How, how, was that yeah, impressive yeah, to you? Yeah, that was impressive to me because I thought like he, he wanted out. There's a he, lot of swings yeah, there. Yeah, up that and was downs. impressive to me because I thought he wanted out. Don't get me wrong. I still had a wondering in my mind that if I would have kept pressing 11 and 12, if he had it in him to fight me back. Mm. Because when I was pressing the issue, he didn't have it in him to fight me back anymore. You know, so Or, or fight me back consistently anyway. So I still left ended the sparring, you know, give him respect, 11 and 12 especially. He came on really strong, gave me some good shots. I, I, I'm, you know, I, w it was, I was impressed with the fact that he, he came on strong. Um, and at that point, I was just like, just get through the 12, you know. Like, you know, you'll, you'll get him again soon enough. And uh, you'll, you'll, you won't be off on cross-country flight. You'll be in even better shape. You're going to get sharper. You know, and I, I just said, get through the 12. And I did. And uh, it finished up. We were cool. We said good work. Everybody gave us a hand. Me and Connor even took a picture together inside the ring. I thought this for sure buries the hatchet. For me, I thought for sure things are going to change now. You know, this was maybe just... We you just thought did. you personally humbled yeah. him. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, I got the better of him. And also I thought there's just... Just going 12 with anybody gives you a respect for that person, you know, even if it's just sparring. Um, and I thought like, okay, you know, there's going to be a, a, a subtle respect here from now on, you know? And... uh I really thought we buried the hatchet at that point. Or he buried the hatchet. I never had the issue, really, at that point, you know. He, I thought he buried the hatchet. And uh, and that was it. I thought, you know, we're going to be cool for the rest of camp. And it's going to be a, a camp. We're going to continue to work hard. We're going to definitely continue to work hard. And I, and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to look forward to the rest of this. You know, now I'm sure we'll talk more. And I'll be able to, you know, dissect a couple of things with him personally. I was just thinking all these things, you know. Um, we took a picture together. Try to keep it positive. Yeah. yeah, because I don't assume the worst in people for the most part, you know. So... So, uh, whatever, I got out of the ring, you know, finished up whatever I was finishing up, and then we went in the dressing room, and I see Connor in the dressing room, and I said, uh, and Connor goes, hey, Paulie, good work, and I was like, yeah, you know, good work, Connor. This is one of the rare conversations I had with him, because we didn't really talk, and in the dressing room, I, and at that point, is that respect, you know, we just finished up, you know, 
And uh, he's like, I said, uh, yeah, good work. You too, bro. I was like, uh, you, were, you were a little sharper tonight. Because I do. I, I saw the. I saw he actually improved. Even though I improved more than him, obviously. And I was going to continue to improve at multiple times more a than him. faster as pace. On, I still saw that he had put in work. And I, I still saw that, you know, there were things that were a little sharper for him, you know. And, and I was, you know, I wanted to keep boosting him, you know. Like, um... Not as a yes man, not like his team who's just a, who just has to bring their pom poms really. You're being honest. I, I, I was just wanting to, you know, keep this, you know, be the team player that I was. But I said, but here's where I realized this guy's a total prick. I said, but do me a favor, Connor. I said, uh, let's go easy on the pictures. I said, you know, it's uh, it's tough for me to dodge all those questions. You know, I'm not one of the other sparring partners where you put a guy in a picture and nobody knows who he is, so they don't want to, they can't, they can't, don't know who to contact, they don't know who to call. I'm not that guy, right? When you put a picture of me in sparring, people are going to call me. I'm going to get my phone's not going to stop ringing. I don't want to be put in a position where, you know, I have a non-disclosure agreement with you. I don't want to be put in a position where I'm being asked about sparring. I have no I have no reason to ever talk about sparring. I never do. But if you put these pictures up, everybody's going to hound me asking me questions about sparring and then I have I'm put in a position where I have to make you look good cuz I'm trying to defend the NDA, but also I want to compliment you. But I also have to be put in a position now to defend myself and not, not cost me my own image. You know what I'm saying? So I said, do me a favor. You know, chill out with those pictures. You know, we're going to continue to work. It's going to be good. It's going to be good for both of us. And he gives me like this smirk, like, hey, like, well, and he starts walking away towards the showers. He's got a towel around him. He walks all the way towards the showers. Like, he's, now he's got his back to me. You know what I mean? He walks by me this way, and he, now he's got his back. And he, and he puts his hands on you. Well, he goes, I don't know, Paul. He goes, we got some good ones those last two rounds. We got some good ones. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and I'm waiting for him to turn around and say, just fuck with you. Yeah. You got it, Paulie. You know what I'm waiting? Like, I think, like, there's no way he's this much of a dick. There's no way. I mean, there's no way. Nobody, nobody's this much of an asshole. So I'm, like, waiting for him to, like, turn around and give me the, like, all right, you, I'm waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come in the room and say you're punk. Thing. I'm waiting for something to tell me. This didn't just happen. For real. It's not real. He goes all the way in the shower. He disappears and goes to the right and goes in the showers. And, and I'm waiting for him to say something and he doesn't say anything. So I go back to my bag and I said, I said, all right, Connor. I said, I'm telling you, I didn't say nothing last time on social media. You post some bullshit. I'm going to respond on social media. I yelled it towards the showers. He didn't respond. That was it. You know, I got my shit together. I went into, yeah, I got my shit ready and that was it. I didn't see him. The next morning, I wake up to a DM on my Twitter. From Conor McGregor. I've shown Pete already. It's on my DMs. And it's just, it's nothing written. It's just two pictures. Two pictures of me on the canvas. From him directly to you. From him directly to me. Direct message. Uh, not public. Right. And I look at them and I said, I mean, it was early. I mean, it was like 7.30 a.m. He had sent them at like 5.30 a.m. And I'm like, I was like, damn. I'm like, I'm still, I still got one eye open. I'm like, what is this picture, you know? I'm like, oh, shit, this is the picture of the pushdown. Wow. And I'm, so I go check my, my, my main timeline to see the, you know, if anything's been posted publicly. Nothing was. Just a picture of, of him uh, and me, like, in that pose-off position, that weird, awkward pose-off position. Um, so I said, whatever, that's fine. You know, I, I said, all right, cool. So I checked tweets. If anybody retweeted anything from him that shows he posted any bad pictures, nothing. So I go back to the DM, and I write him. Because he didn't write anything. He just put the pictures. Right. So I have to now translate what this direct message means. There's no words. So the way I translate it, I try to keep a positive spin on it. I translate it like he's showing me he has them, but he's showing me, hey, I'm listening to our conversation we had yesterday. I'm not posting them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. So I kind of give him the ha-ha. 
I said, I wrote, ha ha. I was like, I was like, usually for these to count though, a punch has to land. But you know, <laughs> I was like, it was cool with the push. I'm, I said, I'm cool with the push too. And that was it. And then I said something, I mean like a joke. I said, bro, you're up way too early. I'm still looking at this message with one eye open, you know? So I tried to make a joke out of it. He didn't respond to the direct message. I didn't see him all that day at all. Um, we worked out at different times. That was actually the day I went to the jujitsu the gym and saw Frank Mir. I don't know if everybody saw it on my Instagram. I went to hang out with Frank Mir because I'm friends with Angel Arreyes, who is a Frank Mir striking coach, you know, and he's a, a Angel has been in boxing his whole life, so he's also now involved in MMA. He, he also trains Anna Hulatin, who's a, 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 she was two, a guest two or three on time world, yeah, two or three time world champ, world female boxing champion, you know. So <laughs> I went to hang out with them after, you know, later in the day, and it was cool, you know. Uh, Frank was is one of them, I'm a fan of Frank Mir, you know, I've always been a fan of Frank Mir, so it was cool to get to meet him. And uh, I just watched some of the jiu-jitsu workouts that they had. And, you know, we went to get some dinner. You know, it was cool. Frank actually had to fly out. He works for a, 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 com- a TV company in Chechnya where he calls mixed martial arts fights there. And I was like, in Russian? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's in English. They just translate what I say. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh wow. Nice. So every couple of weeks, Frank has to fly to Chechnya. It's crazy. You know, to, for like the weekend. Then he flies back. I'm like, damn. I'm like, that's a far flight from New York. But from Vegas? Jeez. Man, that's like all the way, all the, all the way around the world, you know? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I, I do get a little tired, I admit. I was like, I'd take, damn, I was like, I'll give you credit, man. Hope the fights are good. I said, <laughs> he's like, no, he said, yo, the fights are good, you know. So, but it was cool. Um, nothing else from Connor. It's all good. You know, I think, okay, I'm still ticked off about the fact they made me do 12 and they set me up that way, but I'm figuring, you know, after the 12, the batch has been buried, you know. I still have, I'm still a little guarded, but I'm okay. As I go to sleep Wednesday night, I'm okay. Thursday is going to be a sparring day. It's every two days. Now, we, me and him did 12 hard ones. In my training camp, when I've done 12 hard ones, we spar every two days whether you like it or not. We'll probably do the next sparring like a six-rounder or something. So it'll probably be like six-rounder. you know. And I wasn't sure if he would use me or maybe he'd do something light with somebody else. You know, I wasn't sure. Honestly, I wouldn't have held it against him if he sparred six with somebody else even at this point. Honestly, I was kind of sore from it too, you know. So, we waiting. It's a sparring day. So, what does that mean? You have to be all day on call. All day now you're on call because he could change the time to 12. He could change the time to 5. He can change the time to 9. He can, leave, he can leave the time at 9 p.m., right? So, at 2 o'clock, the whole house gets a mass text saying, be ready to spar at the gym at 3.30. Okay. They changed the time. Good thing I stayed home. You know? I w- obviously that was just the protocol. Now you have to just stay home on sparring days because you don't know when you're gonna get cold. You know, it's like it's like it's like a uh, boot camp over here. You know, at least you have that beautiful house to stay I, in. So it's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I don't even come out of my room all day because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be disgusted. And, and don't get me wrong, the guys I was living with all all aces. You know, all good guys. You know, um, but uh, I just stayed in my room all day. So I said, okay, well, this is a. It's like two p.m. now. So I said, uh, all right, two p.m. and. Uh, I got about an hour. I start, you know, I start getting my bag ready just, you know, so that when we leave, we'll leave probably about three-ish, you know? So I, uh, I get my bag ready, put my stuff together and whatnot. And uh, we go to the gym. And we go to the gym, and Connor and the team are not there yet. You know, Connor and the team are not there yet. And uh, so far, everything's good during the day. I didn't wake up to any direct messages. I didn't wake up to any Connor putting up any other pictures up. So far, the day is good. I'm still guarded at this point because all the experiences have left me guarded, you know, including the crack house that I live in and the fact that I did 12 
on Tuesday, they were, and the intention of the 12. It wasn't just the 12, it was the intention of the 12. The 12, for any sparring partner already, you have bad intentions. But then the intention, where he had invited everybody, that still stayed in my mind, you know? Because he didn't answer any of the direct message I wrote. So I said, all right, this guy cool. I'm still up in the air. This guy cool, this guy not cool. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So Thursday, we go ahead to the gym at about 3. We get the direct message. We get the, the mass text at 2. We get to go ahead to the gym about 3, get to the gym. You know, Connor and his team aren't there yet, so I start warming up. And I start warming up at a pretty... Um, pretty strong pace because I want to get the blood flowing because I'm still sore from Tuesday, you know, 12 rounds make me sore. So I am warming up, warming up good. I'm, I'm got, I got a good sweat going. Connor and the team arrive and the trainers says, one of the trainers says, uh, listen, Connor's not sparring today. Not sparring at all today. You don't spar or you're fighting Floyd Mayweather, buddy. You got to keep your eyes sharp. You want to spar even at light six rounds to keep your eyes sharp. Every two days, sparring is necessary. But So they have no boxing experts in their camp? I mean, No boxing experts and nobody that even uh, asks me about anything, which is fine. Whatever. Like I said, I don't, I don't give my would, advice. I don't think, try to force my advice on it. You you would think like I said, at this point, it was pretty obvious I wasn't brought in for that. You, know? you would think you'd have so, an expert so, in your camp. You'd hire so somebody. So no sparring. Okay, yeah. which, okay, but you know what? No sparring. I'm already warmed up. My hands are wrapped. I'm warmed up. So you know what I said? I'm going to just hit the bag. Now, the UFC facility is designed this way. It's a magnificent facility. It's state-of-the-art. Um, it's designed this way. The first floor has basically the recovery stuff, the cryotherapy, the, 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 the sauna, the masseuse, massage thing, whatever. Also has the conditioning things like the treadmills, the, the ropes, uh, oh, the rope, the conditioning ropes, all that, other, all that other good stuff, you know? So, I... Uh, and we know that there's the conditioning stuff on the first floor. The second floor is the combat gym stuff. It has the, 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 the ring... The cage, the bags, all that stuff. So the combat sports gym is on the first floor. The regular gym is on. I mean, the combat sports gym is on the second floor. The regular gym is on the first floor. Um, amazing facility. Um, so when they say they're not sparring, I get my bags. I get my I get my 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 gloves out of my bag. My bag gloves. I said I'm gonna just gonna hit the bag because I'm gonna stay sharp in camp. You know, at this point I'm here. I'm gonna spar. I'm gonna stay sharp. I'm gonna get sharper and sharper. Because one of the things I came out of Tuesday realizing is. I'm probably going to start beating the shit out of this guy by the end of this camp because exponentially, I get sharper at an f- exponentially faster rate than he does because this is what I did for a living, not what he did. So I'm gonna, now I'm going to start getting sharper. And, and on the off days, I'm going to hit the bag. I'm going to you know work on my own technique and whatnot. Now, gonna, did you feel a little a extra, extra motivated based on what's been happening so far? I felt extra motivated in the fact that... I felt extra motivated in the fact that... Um, I, I couldn't take anything for granted. You know, these guys, they'll throw you, a, they'll throw a monkey wrench in the operation at any point. They'll just, they'll just hit you with a couple of curveballs at any point. You know, they'll, they'll change, they'll change, they'll throw a change up at any given point. At this point, my brain kind of realizes. So it's a weird feeling to have to be guarded all every single day because it's kind of stressful to live guarded like that every single day. You know, I realized I was there till the 20th. That was the schedule, you know? So I was like, you know, I got to live guarded till the 20th, you know? And it's, it's kind of stressful. Um, but whatever. At this point, that was my mindset. Get sharp, get sharp, get sharp. I asked I ask one of the trainers to put my bag gloves on because I'm going to hit the bag. And they say, no, you guys have to go downstairs. I said, what? <laughs> you guys have to go downstairs because we have to work the pads or the mitts, as some people call them. And we have to work on some shots that we want to hit you guys with. And because we want to work on that, we don't want you guys to see because, you know, then we, wanna, we won't know if they're genuinely working or not. Oh boy. I kind of get it. I mean, I've never done that. 
some people are more anal than others. It's not like you'd be mean, watching I, them or looking, staring worked, at yeah, them. I worked the pads or mitts in front of all my sparring partners. I never had a problem with that. But I kind of get it. Like, if some people are more anal than others, I would have totally understood. I would have totally been okay with it. With one exception. You fucking pricks. You told us to show up at the gym at 3.30. <laughs> you fucking scumbags. Why are you telling me when to run? <laughs> Why are you telling me when to show up to the gym if then I get to the gym and I can't work out and I can't keep sharp for you, you know? You know, it's a... What, do you need a break? No. Oh. No, no I'm good. So if I can't keep sharp for you, if I can't, um, you know, get myself ready every day, day in and day out to be the best work I can give for you, why are you making me come to the gym just to tell me, just to tell me, Paulie, can't work out today. <laughs> it's like a dictator. I gotta go downstairs. <laughs> I was like, I could have just came at nine, which was the schedule on the, uh, the uh, every, you know, which was the normal sparring day schedule. I mean, if you're not gonna spar, I could have still came at nine or whatever. Or if you would have told this early in the day, because let's face it, let's be honest here, dudes. You knew when you woke up in the morning you weren't sparring. Right. This wasn't something that you decided you got to the gym and then you decided, you know what, I'd rather not spar. You already knew all fucking day long it wasn't going to be sparring day for you. Yeah, when he died... But you kept us waiting till midpoint in the day. Then at midpoint in the day, you made us come to the gym, make us think you're sparring, and then you're not sparring, so you make us come to the gym only to tell us we can't work out. Right, he DM'd you the picture at like 5.30 a.m. So yeah. he's obviously up. And <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... I was so pissed off, dude. I was so angry. Like, the petty ego shit was... It, it, that that just pissed me off so much, man. Now, all the other little things catch up. The fact that I'm staying in a crack house. The <laughs> fact that you made me do 12 rounds right, off a of flight Monday, uh, Tuesday. The fact that you made me do 8 rounds off a of flight the first time I showed up. You know, we, we, even though you didn't spar me two days later, you could have just waited for me to spar on Saturday the first time when I arrived on a Wednesday if you were going to just use me once that week. That's right. Everything was now starting to boil up. At that moment, when they told me I couldn't work out, it all started boiling up. Like, I was so angry, like these fucking scumbags. And also, don't you want me to get sharper for you? Right. Don't you want the best of me for you? I mean, uh, if uh, I start beating the shit out of you, you can always send me home. I promise I won't tell people I, be I was beating the shit out of you. You know what I'm saying? But like... You know, if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. The, the whole reason for the animosity here is because they started everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're not gonna, you're not gonna chump me, bro. I'm from New York. You're not gonna chump me. You're gonna get chumped in the end, especially when I have the truth on my side. So, here's at that point, I said, all right, we gotta go. I don't say anything in my mind inside. I'm raging though, but I don't say anything. I'm raging inside, bro. At this point, you know, I, I uh, get my stuff. We go downstairs and I shadow box like an hour, maybe do some treadmill, you know, stuff like that. And that was it, you know. That's all I could do because there's nothing, no bags to hit downstairs. There's nothing, you know? So. Times are tough in the McGregor I'm, camp, you I'm, know? I'm, can't I'm, afford. I, I, but I also stuff. vented. First time I vented to everybody. Now nobody says anything back to me because, you know, I, either they're on his side or they just aren't in a position to speak. You see, everybody else, you know, is not me. You don't like need me, to be, you don't need to be there. I don't there. need to be there. No. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else kind of has to be there. They're, they're, you know, they have to live with his rules and his standards and whatnot. I don't have to be there. But I, I didn't decide to leave at that point. But I was really raging at that point. So I, I vented to all these guys. I said, these pricks. I said, are you kidding me? I said, would they, would they just made us show up to the gym to tell us we can't work out? What kind of bullshit is this? What kind of scumbag shit is this, you know? So that's it. You know, I, I do the little shadow box. That's all I could do. I couldn't hit a bag. I couldn't do anything. I finish my workout. I go back to the dressing room. Open my bag. My phone's in there. And 
my phone is gonna my phone is gonna like catch on fire, dude. I mean, my phone is like my phone is like. We're losing pictures here. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Losing, that's how true it is. Hopefully Floyd, won't Floyd went down. That's how, that's Floyd how, went down. That's how true it is. I, I don't know if these pictures are gonna really be able to stay up. Hit it harder. They, they, they go down a lot. These pictures. So, so little makeshift office we have, right? So <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. So, <laughs> so um, the the phone is buzzing like crazy. It's like, and I'm like, I mean, I don't even open it. I'm like, damn. And you know, everybody that knows me knows this is I'm, right not, after I'm the not an iPhone guy. I'm an old school guy. This so is right a, after the non-sparring session. Not after the non-sparring session. I, you know, I'm in the dressing room. I'm going to shower and, you know, just get dressed, you know? And I'm like, I check my phone. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I mean, millions of, 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 of tweets, text messages. And I open up all the pictures are released. And you're already pissed off at this point. You're already I mean, you you made a bad, It was the worst time for me to realize all the pictures have been released. I mean, there couldn't have been a worse second for me to have realized the pictures got released. I mean, I was like, this fucking scumbag. I said, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I said, he held up his word a couple days ago when he said he had some good ones the last two rounds. I said, unbelievable. I said, he has no respect at all. I said, it went on one year out the other. Now, I start to try to figure out why he waited a day. And this is just me hypothesizing now. For me, for me, it's, you can, a prideful, arrogant prick like that, it probably burned at him that he, he, caught, he caught what he caught on Tuesday. Sure. Probably ate at him. Because that's about the worst of me you're going to get. And it was already pretty bad for you. Because now you're, gonna, you're not going to catch me off flight anymore. You're not going to catch me going to work anymore. I'm in the gym training every day now. Maybe that's why you didn't let me train that day. It's all started coming to me. You don't want to keep me. You don't want you want to make sure I don't get as sharp as I can, you know, so you can have some confidence. It probably ate at you that Tuesday was bad and it's going to get worse for you. Because as I get sharper, you realize there's a major difference from the first sparring to the second sparring. And that was with me having a week away. He doesn't know if I trained or not in that week away. You know what I mean? In his mind, maybe he's like, man, this guy was, came back this sharp, you know, uh, after a week away. For him, in his mind, it's going to be worse and worse and worse. For his trainers, they know it's going to be worse and worse and worse. Let's get this guy out of here. Let's, let's get under this guy's skin as much as we can. It also aided him to where he knew in his mind it didn't go well for him Tuesday. I can't live with this. I, have to, I, need, cheer, I need cheerleaders to, like, pump me, to, to, to cheer up my pride. I, 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 my, my ego's hurt. I need cheerleaders. Because you know? it wasn't just what he caught on Tuesday from me. It was the way I talked to. I, I abused him the whole time. And yeah, yeah, I paid a little bit for the 11 and 12. And yeah, the first five, he hung tough. He wasn't good enough, but he hung tough. And there, the second five, he caught a mean one from me. He hung tough, though. Wasn't good enough, but he hung tough. Tough enough to get, get me back in 11 and 12. But he, subtly, he knew 11 and 12 was never going to happen again. I'm only going to get in better shape. I'm not coming off any flights anymore. I'm going to exponentially get sharper than you every day than, at, at a rate way faster than you can get sharp because this is all new to you. This is all just has to come back to me. It's going to get bad. Your pride's going to get hurt. Your ego's going to get hurt. It's going to get bad. I've already said you don't punch hard like you think you do. Punch is pretty hard. I don't want to make that as a disrespect to people. You know, a lot of people took that as a disrespect on the punching power. They made like... If you don't say he hits the hardest, hardest like Thor's hammer, <laughs> like like it's like it's it's you're abusing him, you're disrespecting him. I I didn't say it in any disrespectful tone. Conor McGregor's power is very respectable. As a matter of fact, with small gloves, it's going to be very respectable. You know, you can probably translate it. But I've sparred guys even smaller than him that hit harder. 
how those guys were obviously major punchers, even though they were smaller. Because to be a smaller guy than Conor, hit harder than him in sparring. Obviously, you got to be a major puncher if you're that little. But I've sparred them. It, the fact it remains that it's happened, and the and the power wasn't even comparable. You know what I'm saying? Amiri Mom, I've I've mentioned him before, was an amazing young fighter. It's just he stuck with a Don King contract. He hit you with shots that you feel a tremble from the top of your head to the end of your toes because it's so sharp and powerful. You know what I'm saying? There's just a, it's like it cuts through, through air like a knife. It's, you know what I mean? When that right hand comes from me and mom, it's like, a, you know what I'm saying? Connor doesn't have that kind of sharpness. He's, he's still like, you know, he's a work in progress. He's got awkwardness and he's got obviously the strengths. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. That's not one of his strengths, you know? And again, tactically, I'm going to get into it on fight night because during, during a training camp, wouldn't be right. You know what I'm saying? I still love the fact that this fight has this respect for it. You know what I'm saying? And on fight night, I have so much more to discuss as far as tactical stuff is concerned. The breakdown of what he does and doesn't do. The breakdown of how it compares to, to Mayweather. It's going to be fun on fight night. So I'm saving a lot of things that I feel like I shouldn't say now. You know what I'm saying? But going back to what I was saying, I think at this point Connor's pride was hurt. No other reason why you're going to wait two days to put it out. And people on social media said, oh, he didn't release it. His Other people released oh, it. His photographers released it. Here's the thing. Connor's training camp is so tense and so tight. But you just lit. told us he sent you these DMs. Like, exactly. He had, I mean, he had the DM. Exactly. Right. Everything runs through Connor. Everything runs through Connor. As a matter which of is, fact. Which is ridiculous. As a matter of fact. focus it on the fight. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. Okay. <laughs> so true. Uh, all right. But as a matter of fact. If you don't compliment him enough, you're on his shit side. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you gotta give him, you gotta yes him to death. You have to there's kneel. There's no kneel other reason. Kneel before Zod. There's no other yeah. way the guy could think he did anything good on the Tuesday, but subtly maybe he knew it. Subtly, even though he won't admit it, subtly, this is why I think I got treated this way on Thursday with the pictures and whatnot. So, so you see, you see this, and then what happens? So next? I see this in the dressing room. I keep my mouth shut. I, I um. Shower, I get dressed, I leave, you know. Uh, and, and me and my the people in the crack house in my house, sparring <laughs> partners, one of the cut men, you know, we're we're gonna go eat. We're gonna go eat. We uh they have a deal with a place called like greens and proteins or veggies and proteins, something like that, where there's like a, a piece of the menu we're allowed to have. You know, and we can just have food and it's like on It's very it's nice on, to them. Yeah, it's nice. You know, yeah. you can eat like uh but here's the thing. I mean, even that part of the camp they started the, the menu started getting smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> like when the first time I was there I was ordering things that by the time I got there two weeks later I wasn't allowed to order no 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 that's not included uh, no chickens and, extra and, and no juices were included and all that like, like, like the menu got smaller and smaller and smaller you know, you're supposed to feed your sparring partners and, and whatever I mean it's the bare necessities right I mean we just, we just narrowed it down to the bare necessities as long as they're eating hey that's all good again well, he's not making that much for this fight yeah. So. Yeah. Again, you know what I'd say you know what people have a budget and sometimes you want to stay within the budget, and I can respect that. But I'm going to get to why I couldn't respect it. I'm going to get to that. Because in the car, when we're going there, I told the guys, listen, uh, take me home. At that point, I decided I had to leave. And this is why I decided I had to leave at that point. Because I knew Tuesday wasn't a good day for him. Yet this had been spun to make it like a good day for him. I said, I'm only going to get better and better. He may get better and better too. And he probably could benefit from me being here. At this point, I don't even give a shit about that though. What I give a shit about is the fact that he only has his photographers there. And in 10, 12 rounds of sparring, whatever we're going to do, he's going to land shots. You know what I'm saying? So you're always going to be able to put up pictures like this. You're going to ruin my image. 
even though by the end of camp, I will probably be throwing you such beatings that you might not even want to fight Floyd. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but you're still, bottom line is, you're still going to give this perception to the public. He's whipping your ass. And yeah. I can't do anything about it. So, I have no problem bringing you forward as far as you saw the, some of the nice things I was trying to say about him throughout camp. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem pumping you forward and being a team player. But when it's got to come at my expense, now I've got to start looking out for myself. And to start looking out for myself, I've got to make the truth come out, and I probably have to leave. So at that point, I decided i got to go. There's no winning. This is an uphill battle all the time. And I have to constantly stay guarded every day. Like It's, it's not a good feeling to constantly wake up every day guarded. You know, I, There's a time in my life when I went through that, and I, and I fought Adam. I fought my way to a better life so I don't have to wake up guarded every day in my life. You know, I don't want to live like that every day. I, I don't have to deal with this, especially when I know the truth and nobody else is going to know the truth because he's going to give this perception of false perception, just like he did with Van Heerden. I mean, I should have seen this coming because he did this with Van Heerden way before. You know what I'm saying? He did this, he did this with Van Heerden way before. You know, and... I should have seen this was this little subtle bitchy part of his character, this like stuck up Hollywood part of his character. Sneaky. Sneaky little part yeah. of his character. You know, like I can't I can't ever fight it because he's got everything on his side. You know, so I said, I got to go. I said, it's were unfortunate. Did, were you tempted to just go one more time with him? Just like no, because I already knew what I did to him Tuesday. Right. So I, I had that satisfaction. Okay. Well, you I was know? saying, I think I told you, mm-hmm. knowing you this long, you would never have left if... If you didn't get what you yeah. what you wanted, yeah, you know, like I would have. You I knew to, you I, knew what you could do. I have you, to you, show you why yeah. before I, before if we're gonna stop sparring, you know. So we go in the car, and I tell the guys, listen, uh, guys, I don't tell them I'm leaving. I say, uh, listen, guys, uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna head home. I I'm, I don't want to feel like eating. I'm hot. I'm not hungry. And they're like, yeah, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. And uh, one of the kids. In the car, one of the guys in the car, as we're driving to, to the house, it's a text from one of his boys. And he's like, damn, man, Paulie going crazy on social media. This is blowing up. Basically, when I first saw the pictures is when I saw I put out that tweet that everybody probably saw with, real funny, it's unethical to do this. I was like, why don't you put out the whole video? The gym has surveillance cameras. You can show 1 through 12. It's not a beating 1 through 12, but you can you know it's getting there every sparring. The bottom line is, he knows and I know. It's getting there every sparring. And it's only going to get worse the next time. It's going to get worse the time after that. And before I know it, you're going to be my son by the end of camp. I'm going <laughs> to be smacking you around like me, you're my son. And, and this is why we're dealing with all this now, you know? And I know it and he knows it. And his team knows it, more importantly. But I, uh, when, when, the kid, when the guy in the car, because I'm not going to name names, says, damn, Paul, your social media going crazy. I said, why are you? I said, what's up? He goes, nah, my boys are hitting me up right now. And they're saying, damn, Paul, you going crazy. I said, yeah. And I, and I just lost it again. I vented again. I said, listen, the way we were treated today, this is bullshit. I said, we had to come to the gym at, when they said so. We had to come to the gym when they said so. Only for them to tell us we can't work out. It's like, what is this, prison? So what is this shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's I want like to be allowed to work out. Like, I could have come to the gym at any other point in the day. Why did I have to come to the gym at this hour, particularly, only to be told I'm not allowed to work out? They could have texted you. What kind right. of... They, yeah, <laughs> right. we got well, all kinds Connor's of technology. Connor's not sparring today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do as you and, guys and want. Especially that you knew. Like I said, you don't wake up that morning and decide at the last minute you're not all sparring. Right. They knew they weren't sparring when they sent a text to show for sparring. You're just dealing with pricks. You know what I'm saying? So I was freaking fuming. And I, and I told them, at that point, I said that in the car, I said, listen, guys, nobody understands this. 
I understand this. I've never been part of a $100 million camp for a fight for a $100 million fight, a camp for a $100 million fight, but I've been part of several camps where there's millions of dollars in purses, okay? I've been part of several of them. And when you're part of these kind of camps, the budget for camp is a smart budget for camp. Just because you're, you're, you're fighting for $100 million doesn't mean the camp gets more expensive. Camp can only be so expensive at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So when it's seven or eight figures or nine figures, you, you, can, you can splurge a little on camp. You can have a nice camp. But you understand the budgeting part of it. And when you budget with it, when you budget with it, it's, you know, it's going to be the kind of the same thing no matter what, what your purse is. Because once you reach past a certain threshold, it's going to be always the same kind of, the same kind of budget. So I said, I understand about budgeting. I understand all this. I said, I've never, ever put my spar partners in a place like you guys live. Ever, ever, ever. I didn't include myself anymore because in my mind I was leaving. I was like, I would never, I've never, I would never think to put any spar partners, any team members in, that, in the house like that. I was like, I would, I, anytime I had training camps, me and my team were always organized. We had schedules every for, for the week. Every day we had schedules. Every week we had schedules for the week, not for the day. And whether I liked it or not, I didn't change it because I wanted my sparring partners comfortable. I wanted my sparring partners just as comfortable as me because I want my sparring partners to give me their best and with pleasure to give me their best. I, w- I don't want them to half-ass it. I want them to say, this guy's treating me good. Let me give him everything I got. After you know every saying? day of the gym, take them to eat, take them to the hotel. Yeah. It's that Saturday, if there's a fight, they all come to our house. They watch the fights. They eat again. You know, they Treat eat. them like family. That's it. That's you the know, way it's, it's supposed to be. You right. know what I'm saying? And so I'm not saying everybody has to treat them this way, but but you don't have to go the opposite way either. So I said, I said, this is bullshit. I said, I've, oh, I've never, ever treated sparring partners this way or team members this way in my life. Not even close. I said, it's crazy from the food to the living conditions, to everything. I've never, ever treated sparring partners this way. I've always checked up on them. I've, if I can't check up on them, I've made Peter check up on them. I've, I've just dealt with it in a much different manner, in a very different manner, you know? The opposite manner. I said, this guy, he puts us in a crack house, puts you guys in a crack house, basically. A, dil- a dilapidated, fixed up, half-assed crack house. I said, but he's driving around a Lamborghini. He rented a Lamborghini. <laughs> I it's said, the budget, yo. Paul. It's the budget. Come I on. said, right. I said, yo, you can spend your money however you want to spend it because it's your money, and you have a right to spend it the way you want to spend it. It's your right, and nobody can say anything. But I'm gonna observe. Once you have the Lamborghini rented, it's not about budget anymore. I said, guys, he's in camp. He rents a Lamborghini. He could have rented a Prius. The fuck difference does it make? He's not pulling up to the club. He's not pulling up to the five star restaurant with 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 a paparazzi. He's going to the gym and back to the house, his house that he has rented. Fuck does he need? Fuck does he need a Lamborghini? And everybody and these and this part of the team is in a crack house. Don't get me wrong. His main trainers they stay at a nice house. It's up to him. It's up to him. He has a right to spend it however he wants to spend it. And nobody can say anything. But I'm going to understand how you, how you look at people. I'm going to understand what kind of person you are. How you treat people. So I said that. I said, this is how he is. He treats people on status. Me personally, it's clear he doesn't like me personally. But you guys, he's treating everybody on status. You're not on his level. All you're good for is to kiss his fucking ass. He's got a team that if they don't kiss his ass, they're risking their jobs. They got to tell him every single thing he's doing, it looks great. It's awesome. 
Yes, man. Oh, yes, Connor. You look terrific. Oh, that was a great round. Even if he got the shit beat out of him. Yes. He throws a certain punch. Yes. Yes. Everything's yes. 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 What kind of bullshit is this? This is a training camp? Or is this just an ass-kissing camp? What is this? What is this? You're fighting the best fighter to ever do it. Quite possibly, Floyd Mayweather is the best fighter to ever do it. Yeah, he's a little older. Yeah, you're making some improvements. You could be making so many more improvements, though. If you do this shit right, you could be making so much more improvements. If you put your pride aside, put your sparring partners in a bit, bit better position to kick your ass more often. Because if you give them, in, if you treat, if you give them the right times and and to get them the right rest, and they're not on edge every single day, they're gonna come a little bit more ready to spar all the time. You know, I, me personally, I wanted the best out of my sparring partners. Even if that meant on a bad day, they they kick my ass. Prepares you for the fight, right? Yeah, it didn't matter. I got to get ready not only for technique. I got to get ready to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I have to get ready for that too. So, you're going to war. This is a fight. If my sparring partners are, be are better than me a certain day, because let's face it, I'm bringing two or three of them at a time, and just me. Some days I get tired. Some days I'm sore. Some days I'm not sharp. It's okay because that day, even though my sharpness wasn't there, I worked on my mental stability. I worked on being starting to get ready to be comfortable, being uncomfortable. Because you can all get there. You just got to get your mind there. You know, you don't just start camp that way. You know, you after when you start camp, you you've been living comfortable a few months or whatever. You're less less in less shape. So you have to train not just your body. You have to train your mind. You know, these pictures are going down again. So you have to train your body, not just your mind. You know, um, I don't agree with the way camp was run. It's not my place to say that. It's not my place to do anything. But. I observe. It's about status. Is a person who was on welfare four or five years ago really going to treat people this way? Usually old, usually old money treats people this way. They don't know the struggle. They don't understand that side, right? Is a person who was just on welfare going to treat people this way? There's holes in this guy's story. There's holes in this guy's story. He wasn't as, he wasn't as bad off as he makes it out to be. There's holes in this guy's story. Because this is a person that has he always no, had a place to live. This, no, this is a guy who has no respect for people. What he was apparently, or, he, or I mean, we all were there at a certain point where we're young, we're fighters on the rise. You know, sparring partners, you know, they make a moderate living. You know, and some of the some of the young ones, maybe one day they'll become champions. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they won't. You know, some of the younger ones are prospects coming up. You know. You have to respect that because you know the struggle of starting from the beginning. In this in this journey of combat sports and trying to reach the top and attempt and getting to the top, you have to know the struggle of what it's like at the beginning. We all do. Well, I mean, I'm familiar with it too, which is why I always made sure to treat sparring partners as good as I could. You know, as good as I could. I mean, don't get me wrong. In sparring, I was there trying to beat the shit out of them, and they were trying to beat the shit out of me. It's your job. It's your job, and that's what I want. I want my mental edge, and I want to get sharp. That's fine with me. I never cared about that. That's always the kind of sparring I've had, which is what you know. What's comical about him thinking it was going to be a fight in sparring was going to throw me off. That's always that. I've been, I've been doing that for many years with fighters better than him. I did that since I'm a teenager. I left camp. I got dropped off. I forgot my gym bag in the car. One of the sparring partners brought my bag in the house, and he was about to leave. And I said, "Listen." He didn't. He didn't say anything. None of, nobody said anything. Nobody. Everybody just heard me out. Nobody said a thing because I think they. They, you know, they're in a position where they have to be there. You know what I'm saying? And then they don't want to get on anybody's bad side. But they heard me out. I was venting. Everybody heard what I was saying. 
so the spawn partner brings that bag in the house and he says uh i said i said to him uh, you guys gotta live this way i don't i'm leaving bro and he's and he just said hey man it was cool to have you here and that was it i'm sure he told the guys in the car i uh got my bags packed my bags up and i called uh and i've got friends everywhere at this point so i called a friend of mine got picked up and that was it you know i spent uh i spent the night in the mgm grand and then i flew out the next morning did you contact uh anyone in his camp um no no i didn't i didn't i didn't speak to anybody no i did they contact you after they the other guys just said you left? I guess I'm not gonna put anybody on blast. Seth. Yeah, you know. No, I they're, wasn't they're, trying. They're, to, like, they're, just, in, they're in yeah. that camp. You yeah, know what I'm saying. And, uh, so. No, I just imagine they probably ask you, "Where is he?" Yeah, yeah, nah, he left. That's cool. Yeah, that that'll stay private stuff. Um, All right. But um, that was it. So that was that was that was that's my story. That's the story, and um, you're sticking. That to was it. it. Yeah. That was uh, that's how the experience went, and I, I went into it with a uh, best intentions. I went into it with fun intentions. I thought it was going to be quite an experience. It was quite an experience, but for <laughs> the wrong reasons. And uh, and that's it. You know, I, like I said, I, I said in the statement, I wish them the best. You know, on fight night, I have a lot of tactical breakdowns we're going to get into. It's going to be interesting for everyone to hear and see. Um, I'm going to get into a lot of things, and uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. Without, without getting into that stuff, but overall, you would say he's better than you anticipated? Connor? Um, I wouldn't say better because I didn't expect a schmuck. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is still a, a quality athlete, a quality championship level fighter, and a guy who's a winner in life. Um, he has a style all his own, and I'm not going to get into it. Right. You know, um, he knows how to be effective in his own way, but of course he's got some work to do. And right. We'll, we'll see how he And he is that. doing that work. You, you saw some improvements. Yeah, you saw um, some improvements. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I'm a huge Floyd fan I've always been but he is 40 years old uh, he's yeah. been out of the ring for three years yeah, two, I years. Mean, yeah. two years yeah. it's not easy yeah and I, and I think you know sometimes the thing that slows down when you get a little older is is the reflexes you right. know and you get hit maybe a little more or right. your legs aren't don't get you out of danger as, f- as fast as they should and of course like I said I, I, I didn't say Connor was a killer puncher but his punching power certainly with small gloves is going to be enough to put somebody on their ass. You know it's, what I'm saying? It's fair to say Floyd's one of the smartest fighters ever lived, too, in a ring, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, of course, right. of course. He's going to know what he's got and what he doesn't have and what to do. Yeah, of course, but the point is the 40-year-old Floyd. Right. When the, the, the funny thing about aging is the funny thing about aging is this. You know what you want to do. You're actually smarter. You're actually more intelligent in your head. So in your brain, you're a better fighter, but your body doesn't always cooperate. So you're actually becoming a better and better fighter, which is why the smart ex-fighters, if they're intelligent enough, become trainers because your mind keeps processing this information and learning new things, your but your body just can't re- respond to it anymore. So somebody like that can become a good trainer. But come on, like George St. Pierre is one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. He hires Freddie Roach to get, get his boxing up. How does this guy go in a boxing match and not have a boxing coach? I don't, I don't understand. How, how is that even possible? Listen, his team has gotten him this far, and they've right. been successful. Not in boxing. Of course not in boxing, but they've gotten him this far, and they've been successful. He's and been successful, and, and it's been stand-up that he's been successful at. So. Yeah, I mean, granted, stand-up in MMA is not boxing, yeah. right? Of course. No, no, of course not. But uh, you know what it is? They, they take the approach of if it, ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Right. And um, you know, it's their right to do that. You know, um, Do I agree? No, I don't agree. I think there's – because I, I believe – 
everyone's been so successful at this point that they just let Connor do what he wants. You know, I'm sure yeah, they all they do work on some things, but you know, they need improvements. And I don't I don't believe that the things that need to be improved upon always get worked on. You know, uh, there's a f- bit of a false sense of security, and I realized that when. That at the end of that round, that was one of his worst rounds he gave me, and and uh, he went and said what he said. I said, "This guy goes back to his corner, and they tell him every round that he's doing good." He, you know, the, you know those kind of trainers. We've seen that even on TV. Sure. You know, where you got those trainers, and they're in between rounds, they're telling their, tr- their fighter he's doing good, even though he's doing far from good. I said, "This is a bad sign for him too." You know, but I did see improvements from the first sparring to the second sparring in him. So I, you know, I'm sure those will continue to come. Um, I won't get into any tactical until fight night. I said that. So, yeah. so. On fight night, I'm going to talk about what I saw and what he does and what, you know, my opinion of certain tactical things that could have been worked on and as opposed to what they did work on and whatnot. And as opposed to what I saw because I didn't actually see them work on anything because I wasn't allowed in the room, as you guys know. Um, which, again, goes to the point that they did not hire me for any tactical advice at all. They didn't even want me in the room when they were working on tactics. So it's fine. Like I said, they have a right You're to a do spy. that. You're a spy. They have a right to do that. But um, I think on... Uh, uh, fight night, I'll get into some of the stuff that, you know, some of the tactical s- breakdowns of the sparring, some of the tactical stuff, and uh, w- and what I expect in the fight, and how I think both guys will play to it. You know what I'm saying? On, a, on, a, on an X's and O's type of basis, you know, I think uh, personal feelings always get put aside when you commentate and work. And I, m- my passion about my job is not that I can be have an opinion because I think only a limited analyst has an opinion a real analyst can give you the tactical breakdown of things and break those down and give, make you understand what happens when this happens what happens if this happens and what happens on all that stuff and that's always where I pride myself on my analysis I try to be opinion free and a big X's and O's guy and explain why those X's and O's may work or may not work and what to look for so we'll do that on, we'll do that on fight night and you've, you been, you've been doing that you've been doing yeah. gr- the best at that so. what do you think about people that say like Connor's people like Floyd's got these brittle hands and I mean Normally, I wouldn't buy into it, but he is 40. and He's 40. You know, there's, uh, I'll tell you what, the arthritic things that bother you early on from the damage start to come into play later in your career. You know, and I know Floyd takes care of his hands and whatnot, but again, these are some of the things and uh, people who harp on it, you know, the hand problems and whatnot. Imagine Floyd ends up with a hand issue during the fight, you know? And Connor, tactical stuff aside, we'll bring it to him. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's conditioning himself. If he's, in pos- if he's in shape enough to do 12, Character aside, I mean, he's gonna have to bite, learn to bite down a little better, in my opinion. But he can do twelve. You know, he showed me that. So and he's, out, he's a month out, or he's a few weeks out. So I'm, I think going twelve for Connor won't be a problem. Um, we'll see. We'll see on fight night. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes on fight night. It'll be interesting. That's my story. That's the. Uh, that's the events. Um, spin them the way you guys want to. We always know you do. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'll be back on fight week. You know, and uh, you we're know, gonna talk before that. I hope. Yeah, yeah of course. Absolutely. We'll have more podcast episodes before that. But yeah. I'll be back in Vegas on fight week, and I'll uh, I'll be working with uh, Sky Sports and uh, Showtime. And you'll have much better accommodations, months. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> all right, that's all. That's all for this episode, guys. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week, and we'll we'll break down. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about Lomachenko now, actually. Oh, yeah. Vasil Lomachenko fought Saturday night. Looked great as always. He got hit a little bit, though. He did. What do you, you think of that? You know, but you know what it is about those grungy South Americans? They come That's to fight. Literally, you know, like, yeah. Like, they come to fight, you know, and they're rough and rugged. Like, I mean, it's a fight. Lomachenko's going to have some marks on his face sometimes, you know, like, especially he's white, and, you know, white always marks up a little <laughs> easier, right? So, so, 
I mean, I didn't think anything bad of it. Like, Lavastio's like, I got to work on my defense better. But, you know, I mean, this is a rugged South American dude who came to fight, you know? And, and they he, butted a few times, right? Yeah, they butted a few times. And, and Lavastio still shows his class. Shows thanks shows for teaching class. us how to spell his name on Twitter. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't <laughs> stand <laughs> that. It's like a pet peeve. It's not <laughs> even my name. Lomachenko. I think I was guilty of that, too, and you told me God, it's on the show. Why does he yeah. have to have an N in there? It's Lomachenko. <laughs> That's it. There's one N in his name. It's right before the K. That's it. He, I don't he, understand why nobody wants to say his name right. I think he felt like he had a bigger audience too with the CSPN showing, mm -hmm. and uh, he decided he wanted to put a little bit more of a show and like really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, he, he did that his last fight too, where yeah. he starts to like kind of drop his hands yeah. and, and put on a show. I, I think a, he's a guy who works very hard and he's very prideful in his work, so he wants to show you all the wrinkles. And sometimes guys aren't good enough to make him bring out all his wrinkles, so he looks for an excuse to try to bring them out. And mm -hmm. one of those ways is we fight with my hands on a showboat a little bit, and, and, and he put himself in the corner. Yeah. After the knockdown, he put himself Nobody in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> and man, he, he took a shot too, though. Yeah, he, did, he put he himself did. in the corner, you know? He started coming out of the corner. Americans, they don't come to play, man. They come rugged and I rough. thought of Ricardo Torres right away. Yeah. When yeah. I saw the shorts, I was yeah. like, man, imagine <laughs> this guy punches like a mule, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so nice job by Vesel Lomachenko. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I look forward to seeing more of him. And, uh, and that's it. I mean, we'll, oh, we'll get in. Nice job by Vladimir Klitschko, too. Well yes. done. Big shout out to Vladimir Klitschko retiring. All the uh, best. I think the best way he could have done it was retire this way. I mean, I, it's hard to walk away from another huge payday with the Joshua rematch. But I think at his age, he wasn't going to be able to give us everything that he gave us uh, in that Joshua fight. I think he, he, I think he gave everything he could in that Joshua fight. And I think there's nothing left to give at that age, you know. And and I, I, I give him a round of applause and a hand for choosing to go out bowed on this. I, on this, on that performance, because there's nothing else to prove. He was a champion for ten years. Respect him or disrespect him. He was an unbelievable champion, very effective. Um, I think he stands up among the all-time greats. What? Because excited excitement factor has nothing to do with effectiveness. So a lot of you guys who don't think he was an all-time great or, or com comparable to guys in the past are out of your minds. The guy, this guy's a six-six. Adonis, a six-six Adonis who can, who's a who's a technical and tactical genius. Okay. Um, he matches up well with anybody in history, and um, I think he did a great job in calling it quits after that fight. He, he showed us the heart and the, and the willingness to be in a tough fight. He came up short, but people love him for that performance and going out that way and probably give him more respect for the 10-year reign that he had. And, well, you said like people are not always excited about watching his fights, and some of them maybe were boring to a common fan like me, but that last fight he lost was one of his most exciting fights he's yeah. ever had. Because best. he had to show character. He yeah, had a guy, and he did. He, he had a guy who was good enough to a take him there. A young know. Yeah. And all young guy, Vladimir's a little almost aging guy, him. you know. Yeah. It, was, it was almost sad, but it was. I was happy and sad from that night, you know. And I was, but I was, I was glad to see him retire and bow it on a very graceful. So uh, kudos to Vladimir Klitschko, and that's the show for this week, episode one hundred and two. We'll be back next week. Take it easy. <laughs>